Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Why do you love this game? Well, we'll tell you in just a minute, but now we're going to tell you, good morning, America. Yes, it's that time. It's Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. I welcome every single person. Where? To the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Here he is, the one and only. There's only one of a kind, and he's my guy. He's my partner, the one doctor of sports. Brian No, hello, B. How are I'm great, Andy Furman. Getting set. Week 14, baby. Yeah, it should be a good one. We got some great matchups today. I'm excited about it. I tell you so. I got something bigger and better than you. I got better better than football. Better. I got something what? you'll... You, yeah, your head's going to spin like a dreidel. And you know what okay. a dreidel is, Andy, because Hanukkah's coming up real soon. We don't have any Hanukkah music here. We have Christmas music. But that's okay. I can live with it. Because I'm, I'm a guy that, for all people, you know what I'm saying? I'm for all people. However... We did something way back when we tried to promote this show. Remember I told you I wrote letters to the night shows, the big shows at night, the Jimmy uh-huh. Kimmel's. I mean, I haven't heard a word. I mean, I didn't think I would, but I, I tried. Give me an A for effort, but I failed with an F. Okay, I tried. But now, now we have the true test. Now we have the test to find out if anybody's listening. Are you ready? Are you sure. ready? Yeah. I found out today. I found out today that our vice president of programming, the one and only Scott Shapiro, the main, uh-huh. the, the major domo of Fox Sports Radio, today's his birthday, right? Okay. So we're going to have a test now. Number one, we wish him a very happy and healthy birthday with him and his family. But we're going to say that you and I are throwing a party for him and inviting him over to take him out to dinner with his family. And look, we'll say it right, right? And you know, you know, we'll be at the restaurant. No one else will show because no one's listening. 
Because no, there's the test. No one is listening. But we wish him a very happy and healthy birthday today. Is that a good test? What do you think? Yay. Um, I mean, when we're in two completely separate locations, you know, it's not the greatest of tests. You know what I'm saying, Andy? If he was like, yeah, cool, where do I go? We'd be like, well, we're in two different cities. So you could just call our bluff if you wanted to. Right, but right, right. what right. I think is, look, happy birthday to Scott Shapiro. It's all good. And my mind goes straight to his Vikings. You know, does this mean that the Vikings cover the three points? That's exactly what I think of when you mention that it's Scott Shapiro's birthday because his Vikes got to win today, right? Right. It's the they only question do. is, do they cover? Well, they won eight straight. They'll win again. Oh, I love that. There, there you go. We got so much to talk about, though. And I'm really glad. That's a good, a good out, a good out. But I want to go back to yesterday for a little bit about this Army Navy game. I mean, to yeah. me, I mean, I, I don't know. People get geeked up about this game, and I happen to watch it because there was snow outside. I didn't want to go outside and drive in the snow, so I watched the game. It's one hell of a game. I mean, I will tell you that much, but I, I don't understand it. I, I don't. I mean, I understand the military. I understand. God bless America. They support us. They defend us. I get that. I really do. But I don't get the fact that to watch a football game and they don't throw a pass the entire game. I, I don't understand that at all. I don't get it, really. It's a true blast from the past. There's no doubt about it. I know people. Listen, Donald Trump is a divisive figure. But put that to the side for a second. This was Donald Trump in the booth last year on CBS talking about the Army-Navy matchup. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily the best football, but it's very good. But boy, do they have spirit. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good way to just kind of sums describe it up, Army-Navy. It's, I don't know if it's the greatest football, but man, these guys sure do try hard. They got spirit, right? That's a good way to put it. But that's the thing, Andy, is... If this was a game that was sandwiched in the middle of a jam-packed November weekend, okay, you don't watch it. But this is last call. You know, before the bowl season, this is last call. So if you didn't have Army-Navy on, at least in the background, it's like, what are you doing, man? This is all we got in terms of college football. Why wouldn't you check it out at least? You hit it on the head. That's why you're number one. You hit it on the head. If this game was a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it would be buried with the Division Two games and no one would care. No one would even give the score on sports highlights. The fact that it stands alone and there's nothing else going on, that's what it's all about. And they're geniuses for doing that. They're geniuses for doing that, putting it at that point in time. And I loved it because it was old-time football. You couldn't even see the lines on the field with the snow. Right. I love that, right? <laughs> That's the way football should be played. I like it, man. It's Look, it's one of these where I do love the effort. We get into a day and age where sometimes the effort isn't a given. I always say effort should be a given, no matter if you're a professional and getting paid boatload of money or you're a major college football player. Sometimes effort just isn't a given. It is a given, absolutely, when it's Army-Navy. It's not the greatest execution. It's so old school that sometimes it's like, good Lord, can we see a forward pass? Is that too much to ask for? But it's just, it's old school football. And when it's last call... Give me old school football. I'll take it if that's the last thing we got. And it's a standalone game, basically, on a, you know, the first college football weekend that doesn't include college football. Yeah, I'll check it out. No doubt. 14 13, the Army wins for the second year in a row. And look, Navy missed a 48 yard field goal attempt on the last play, but. It wouldn't have been 48 yards because there were two penalties that Navy had that pushed it back 10 yards. That was the thing. I mean, the field goal had the distance, but it was wide left. Yeah, two false start penalties and made it a longer kick. But it's one of these where, look, (laughs) 
If you go to a fast food restaurant, what's a fast food restaurant you like, Andy? I like McDonald's. I mean, I, I usually okay. eat them all. I'm a little Wendy's. That's why I got a fat ass. That's why. <laughs> okay. So if you no, walk really away from McDonald's, Wendy's, whatever your fast food chain right. of choice is, right. if you walk away and you're bent out of shape that it wasn't a five-star meal, that's on you. If you walked in to the Army-Navy game yesterday and you walked away disgruntled because they didn't throw the ball all over the place like it was the Big 12, that's on you. Like, this shouldn't be a news flash. They haven't done this for pretty much any time an Army-Navy game has been played. You know what I'm saying? So right. you should know what you're getting before you get it. So if you walk away saying, oh, they didn't throw it 40 times, it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of how it is. It'd be like walking away from the NBA All-Star game mad that they didn't play a lot of defense. It's like, right. okay, but that's how it is, all right? Right. You're exactly right. I mean, look, if you want to see a lot of points, you want to see a lot of passing— Go to the Big 12, and that takes me to the Heisman winner last night, Baker Mayfield. And I look, I've changed my stance on Baker Mayfield. I mean, yeah. the speech he gave last night, and I saw his mama and papa tearing up, that got me. You know what? I do have a pulse, <laughs> and I have a heart. By the way, here's Baker Mayfield all choked up during his acceptance speech last night. Listen to this. It's Coach Stoops. You welcomed a, a chubby, unathletic kid into the program with open arms. I wouldn't say that many would do that, but thank you. Uh, but the thing that I'm most thankful for is hiring Coach Riley. The, the day that you did that changed my life, so appreciate that. Coach Riley, you've been a great mentor to me. Been through a lot together. Appreciate you. Listen to him holding back the tears. Is that something? Was that gut-wrenching? Was that not gut-wrenching? Come on now. It's my former coach. Bob's my quarterback. Um... <laughs> Look, man, I mean, Baker Mayfield, he's an emotional player. He's done some stupid things before, but he had an unbelievable season. And for a kid to go from a walk-on to a Heisman winner, walk on that's twice. a great story right there. There's no he, doubt. He walked on a Texas Tech, too. Yeah, yeah. For him to, where his college career started off, walking on to Texas Tech, to be the Heisman winner... And the quarterback of a playoff team at Oklahoma, who has a rich tradition, that is a heck of a a career there. So, look, I would be the first to say he's done some dumb things before. We've openly criticized some of the things that he's done. When you're a quarterback, that is a leadership position. That's a decision-making position. And he's shown an inability to be consistent with making good decisions. But that doesn't mean it wipes away his total season. When he throws for over 4,300 yards and accounts for 46 total touchdowns, that's flat out getting it done. There's no doubt about it. I tell you what, though. You talk about bad decisions. I understand. Now, he even admitted I'm a 22-year-old kid with a lot to learn. And, look, he knows he made the bad decisions. Maybe in the, in the heat of the battle, we could say he did that. But I read something today in the New York Post, which really blew my mind away. Remember when he stuck the flag at midfield in Columbus against Ohio State after yeah. the win? The University of Oklahoma wants to make a statue of that. I mean, come ah. on. I mean, that to me, that's like the Iwo Jima statue in World War II, right? I mean, you can't, you got to let that go. I mean, why would you honor that? I mean, and that's what they want to do. They want to yeah. create a statue on campus of him sticking that flag on the 50 yard line in Columbus against Ohio State in that win. To me, that, that's, that would be a, a no no. In my mind, yeah. you got to let it go. That, that's a negative to me. I wouldn't go with a statue for that because. We pretty much viewed that the same way. I have no problem with 
flair and being flamboyant and celebration and all of that. But I love it during a game when your opponent could, you know, hit you late. They could drop you on your shoulder. Right. At least you you face the wrath of the other team if you celebrate in their face. There was I no count to blame to do that. If you're doing like the electric worm at midfield after a game <laughs> and the the opposing defense can't do anything about it, then I think it's just lame. I would rather that celebration happens during the game. So to plant the flag after the the game, I, I didn't care for it. I certainly wouldn't make a statue out of that. No doubt. No, I tell you, comments are welcome always here on Fox Football Sunday. How do you do that? To get to Brian No, it's at the No Show, N-O-E Show, at Andy Furman FSR, or phone lines always open, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. And, of course, we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're going to have bottom barrel betting in hour number two. Alex Marvez will join us in hour number three. Who is he? He's the Sheik from the Sporting News and Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insight. And, of course, Nose Picks. I'm not talking about picking your nose, but nose picks. You know what I got in hour number three. Nose picks will be there as well. So don't go anywhere. But this team is really looking for help. That's next. The new brew made a clean sweep. We'll explain that in just about a minute, 18 minutes past the hour. We call this Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman, and of course... We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Are we ready to rock and roll, Mr. B? Are we ready? Always ready, Andy Furman. Always ready. As I said at the beginning of the show, we got some tasty matchups today, baby. Yes. I'm ready for it. You know, we do, but this is not one of them. The Colts and the Bills will get the crap out, <laughs> get the crap out of the way first. The Colts are 3-9, and nine, the Bills are 6-6. Six and six. But you know what? This is really a funny story because what the Bills are really in need of, they're looking for people to shovel snow at New Era Field. You hear this story? The team is offering a free ticket plus 11 bucks an hour for people to clean the snow from the stadium. Now, here's the deal. you got to bring your own shovel you got to work for a minimum of four hours to get the ticket, and that's basically it. I'm thinking if I lived in the Buffalo area, I probably would do it. I think you I go would. Su- shovel some snow there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would consider this, though, Andy. I saw a story where tickets are being resold for this game for as little as four bucks. <laughs> right? So you get your, what is it, $11 an hour, so you're up to 44 Right. And then they put on top, what, four extra bucks? So 48 American dollars. For four hours of work outside shoveling snow. It's not the greatest of deals, but you'd have a story to tell if you took them up on that. Right. And you know what? When they say shovel, I mean, I know I could do it like not 100%. Don't give all all of my effort. Hang around for four hours, do a little (laughs) shovel. Right? I mean, no one's going to be on your back like a foreman's going to say, you missed that seat, sir. No. You walk around with a shovel. That's what you do, right? For four hours. Yeah, yeah, I see how you're cutting corners and just trying to always. get the freebies there, always. Andy. I got that. Now, right. you always say you're notorious for if you picked me up in a limo and you gave me an open bar and gave me all the food I could eat and all this, would you show up to this game? Colts oh, yeah. V yeah, Bills? Yeah, yeah. With, with that, the, the uh, yeah. private bar, you know, the club room, uh, okay. pick me up. Yeah, that, that I would. That I would, okay. really. You'd yeah, sign up for that. It's not as bad a game as you think because it means something a little bit for the Bills. A little bit, okay? Uh, Tyrod Taylor hurt his knee last week, so the big Nathan Peterman from uh, Seinfeld is going to start a quarterback today. Yeah, how about this? His first start didn't go too well against the Chargers with the five first-half interceptions. (laughs) He was dreadful. But the thing I dislike, Andy, is if a quarterback's entire story is written in one start or one season— 
Last year it was Jared Goff, right? Jared Goff right. stinks. He's, he's going to be a bust. It's like, well, let's circle back to that now. It seems like way too much of a knee-jerk reaction. With Nathan Peterman, I'm not telling you he's going to turn out to be Tom Brady. I am saying it's more likely than not that the guy will never look that bad again. Five first-half interceptions and going up against the Colts' defense today, I think he could look completely different. There's no doubt about that. Colts lost to Jacksonville last week, 30-10, to and that loss was a 6-7 and game. So you could say sayonara to Chuck Pagano. He's gone because this is going to be a losing season, obviously, for him. Uh, coaching career that began with three consecutive seasons of 11 wins, and now they're not even going to make the playoffs, and he's gone. i got to believe he's gone. It's finished. Hot oh, seat. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we do he's got to be gone. Um, but you think about this with Peterman starting. You look at the Colts' defense, The Colt, Blake Bortles, by the way, he's reached 300 yards passing in two games this season. Both were against the Colts. Right. <laughs> All right. That's the only two games he's reached 300 yards passing against the Colts. So Nathan Peterman, it's a much different defense he's going up against when you don't have Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram pinning their ears back and rushing you relentlessly. It's not the same defense against the Colts. But the other thing you got to consider, Andy, is the Colts have been good against the rush. They haven't given up 100 yards rushing in five straight games, and they face some good running backs. Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, the Titans running backs. So the Bills are eighth in rushing. So it's going to be Colts defense playing pretty well against the rush. You know the Bills are going to try to pound the rock with Shady McCoy. Mm-hmm. So in a game featuring a 3-9 and nine team and a 6-6 six and six team, there is a strength versus the strength, which is the running game of the Bills versus the Colts rush defense. At least they've been really good over the last five games. I don't like to see Big Nate Peterman get his quarterback rating up a little bit because going into the game today it's like 32%. You know, like a 32. I mean, you got to get a little bit of that. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. It, it's embarrassing. It looks like a. T- <laughs> when you're, I mean, you what, see, when you're half like of Deshaun Kaiser's passer rating, that's really, that's really yeah. dreadful. <laughs> okay, here's a game that normally was a, a late game and it's been flexed to an early game right now. And I understand why. I mean, you know, sometimes we knock the people who are TV executives that they don't know what they're doing with the suits. Uh, it's just not a bad move, the Cowboys-Giants, because I don't think as a late game or even a night game, it would have attracted a lot of viewers, really. The Cowboys 6-6, six and six, the Giants 2-10. and 10. I think the only thing they worry about in this game, will they give Eli a standing ovation? That's the thing. Because Eli's going to be uh, on the center, right? And they got a new new general manager. I got a, a make coach now. Uh, uh, I guess an interim, you could say interim coach. But uh, it, it's a mess. It's a mess in New York with the Giants, and and we'll see what happens. Just the rose petals for Eli Manning. My goodness, it's just been like the life and times of Eli Manning over the last two weeks. It's sickening to me. I get it. The guy has won two Super Bowls. But they act like this guy is balling like Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, or Russell Wilson right now. No, you got it all wrong. You really do. It has nothing to do with the Super Bowls. It has nothing to do, basically, with, with the stats he's done. It has everything to do with you take a guy who is your heart and soul, the guy who played 210 consecutive games and replaced him with Geno Smith? That's the I, that's the caveat you missed, I, the Geno Smith. The only thing missing is the violins in the background with what you just <laughs> said there, Andy Furman, where it's just, you know, the over 
the top, just sappy stuff with Eli. Yeah, he's won two Super Bowl rings. He's been really good at times. He's always going to be loved. I get it because they took down the Patriots. It's fine. But to act like this dude is absolutely crushing it right now, here's the reality of it. It's like Michael Strahan said once before, when they were about to take on the Packers, this has come full circle, when they were about to take on the Packers in the 2007 NFC Championship game, right? The season that Mm -hmm. the Giants eventually beat the Patriots. He gave this pregame speech where he was like, the past is the bleeping past, right? They were talking, Brett Favre this, Brett Favre that. And then he yelled, the past is the bleeping past. That applies to Eli Manning because, yeah, he's won two Super Bowl rings, but the present is that he isn't that good individually, that isn't all on a bad offensive line and a decimated receiving core. There are times he has wide-open receivers against the Redskins the last game he played. He couldn't hit them. he throw at their feet. That's you're all preaching on to Eli the choir. Manning. I believe, I, you're preaching to the choir. The point is this. Just don't diss him. And if you had someone better in the wings waiting, do it. But Geno Smith was not the guy to do it with. I agree with that. To have Geno Smith go in there was silly. But people forget, they went to Eli Manning and said, hey, look, we're going to take a look at these other guys in the second half against the Raiders. Uh, Are you cool with starting? And he was like, no, no, I'll take my ball and go home. I'd rather not play at all. And it's like, oh, Eli Manning, what a leader. Yeah, he's making 21 mil on average per year, and he just takes his ball and goes home. Are you kidding? It's just such it's such a joke. It gets me fired up, Andy, because I have no problem with someone saying, hey, I get it in terms of him not wanting to kind of like besmirge the streak if he's only going to play a half, but to throw rose petals at his feet, it went so far and above where it should have gone. Well, I will tell you this much. The move backfired big time for Coach Ben McAdoo and maybe even General Manager Jerry Reese because the fact that he didn't start and the backlash that happened in New York with the media, I think that cost McAdoo his job and maybe Reese as well. I really believe that. I agree with that, but that's the thing is it's such a joke because John Mara, he mentioned in his press conference that he's like, I certainly had the power to say, no, 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 you're not going to bench Eli Manning. And he didn't. He flat out said it. He's like, I certainly had the power to veto that move. I didn't. So you guys can be mad at me. Jonas Knox was talking about this before our show. And it's true. They absolutely folded as a franchise where it's like, hey, before this public outrage, you could tell that ownership was on board with this. GM, head coach, everybody was on board with, let's turn the page. Eli isn't getting any younger. Because I don't think clearly not what, the future. So right. let's move on and see what we got. They and ownership's like, yeah, happened. cool. And then everybody got ticked off and ownership's like, whoa, we can't have this. We got to make yeah. changes. It's just a joke. They completely folded. Well, you know what? You could talk all you want about Eli, and that's fine. I mean, that's great. But what really ticked me off is that the defensive end of the Giants, Oliver Vernon, get this. I read this just the other day. He said he's going to continue to take a knee during the National Anthem, and those who don't like it, he said, quote, just don't come to the game. Now, to me, this is unreal, and again, this is what I picked up. Some guy wrote a letter to the editor in a New York City paper the other day. Answer me this question, he says. Is it only in America that an employee can tell his company's customers not to buy the company's product and still collect full pay? Think about that for a second. He's basically telling the customers, stay away. Don't buy our product if you don't like what I do. And he still has a job of making big-time money. Think about that for a second. 
Yeah, it's look, man. It's not a, it's not a good move by Olivier. It's like I've thought, and it's not to dive into the whole anthem thing again, Andy. I understand it. I, I, to me, it's um, good intentions, bad execution yeah. in terms of you know what it's for and how they're going about it. But it just adds another layer of. <laughs> Of bad execution where you're like, well, if you don't like it, just don't show up. It's like, right. That's not going to help anything going forward. So. I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of calling him Olivier. I call him Oliver. How do you like that? <laughs> I don't like the name Olivier. And Olivier should be in the, in the ballet. I, I know he spells it Olivier, but I call him Oliver because Olivier is a ballet kind of guy, right? And he's not in the... Thank you. Right. And if he doesn't like it, he doesn't have to listen because I don't have to go to the game. Right. So you don't have to listen, Oliver. Olivier. How's that? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's I've said it's kind of like the if you go to the club and you're wearing like the butterfly collar with the chest hair showing and the gold chain. It's just kneeling is it's been done, man. It's It's time to find something new. It it didn't work to begin with, by the way. So I don't know why you would continue doing something to say. I wish it would work just to get it clear. I want there to be racial equality and all of I absolutely want that. It's just don't call me a guy who's against it. If I just tell you, hey, look, kneeling for the anthem, it's not going to get it done. Sorry, it's just not going to happen. You're exactly right. Brian O, Andy Furman tweets are welcome at the No Show, NOE Show at Andy Furman, FSR 877-99 on Fox. That's our phone number, 877-996-6369. Now, believe it or not, he isn't the main problem facing this team. We'll tell you the real reason next, but first, to Ralph Irvin for the latest. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Saturday night, Baker Mayfield, the runaway winner of the 83rd Heisman Trophy as he won it over Stanford's Bryce Love and Louisville's Lamar Jackson. He is the first walk-on to win that award since the term was recognized back in 1950. On the field Saturday, Army a 14-13 winner over Navy. Second consecutive year that Army has beaten the midshipmen. The Black Knights of the Hudson also won their first Commander-in-Chief's Trophy since 1990. 96. Russell Westbrook, a triple-double, and the game-winning free throws as Oklahoma City won in Memphis. 102-101. James Harden scored 48. Chris Paul had 26 as Houston won their ninth straight. 124-117 over Portland. Jordan Clarkson had 22 points off the bench, and the Lakers handed Charlotte their third straight loss. 110-99. And on the college hardwood, yeah, a little bit of an upset up in Chestnut Hill. Three by Trent is no good. Rebound. Bowman, that's going to do it. Boston College has beat Duke. The Eagles have shocked the world and stunned number one Duke. BC 89, Duke 84. That's the Boston College IMG Sports Network. As number one falls, Arkansas also with an upset over number 14, Minnesota, 95-79. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And gentlemen, we are six and a half hours away from kickoff of NFL Sunday, number 14. Among the games kicking off at that time will be a battle for the top of the AFC West. As 6-6 six and six, Oakland plays at 6-6 six and six, Kansas City, Raiders receiver Amari Cooper. He's cleared concussion protocol, but he still remains doubtful because of a bad ankle. 
You're a good man, Mr. Irvin. You really are. I don't care what Brian O says about you. You're a hell of a guy. <laughs> By the way, he hit the century mark for the very first time. We'll get to that in just about a minute. Brian No, the aforementioned Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We are Fox Football Sunday. I want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easier to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And as Mr. Irvin said, Raiders Chiefs, 6-6 six and six each club. And thank you, Mr. No, because I do have the latest lines right now cheese by four yeah look at you up to date and everything andy i texted you you were saying i, I didn't get the emails last week so i was like forget emails man i'll text you these thank lines you. Look, thank you all so current and up to date i love it man Yay. but yeah what uh ralph just said right there with amari cooper uh, probably being out he's doubtful um because he's got that sprained left ankle not just the concussion uh last week so you've, you've got no Amari Cooper and no Marcus Peters. This is, to me, one of the more overlooked stories of the entire week. The Chiefs suspended Marcus Peters for grabbing a flag against the Jets and throwing it into the stands. I can't believe the his own team is setting him down. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're fighting for their division lives, and they sit down. Arguably their most valuable player. He's a defensive stud. Oh wait, wait! I a can't minute. believe so you, it hasn't gotten more run this week. But wait, wait a minute! So you're saying they shouldn't have sat him down? What are you saying? Yeah, what, what are Why? you doing? I think it shows a, you, a toughness. It shows discipline. It shows something that many teams in many sports lack in this day and age. You know, they'll they'll sacrifice a player for his actions, and it was it was ridiculous what he did. And this guy's had a, a record. This guy's had even in college he he was a lunatic. Come on. Okay, they still drafted him in the first I round. All right, I understand. So. He threw a flag in the stands. All right? That's what it boils down to. Big deal. Big deal. He wasn't even ejected for it. And you're going to suspend him as an organization? That is unbelievable to me. You're fighting for your lives right now. And you're going to take out one of your most valuable players because he did something silly at the end of a game? I mean, that on the level and the... You know, like the hierarchy of silly things you could do that would deserve a suspension. That is very low on the list, man. All right. I, I understand what you're saying, but you know what? I, I give them props for doing that. And you talk about the I don't at all. Well, I, I, I don't do. know what they're thinking. They're and out I hope of their they minds win. for doing that. I hope that. they win with him on the bench. That would be wonderful. Last week, the Raiders beat the Giants 24-17. They're, they're really, right now, making a move. They won two straight right now. And Marshawn Lynch, and I mentioned he hit the century mark for the first time. He rushed for 101 yards. He had a 51-yard touchdown and two receptions in that game for 20 yards. And go back to the Chiefs for a second. You know, I said that this guy's not the main problem. And they talk about Alex Smith maybe replacing him at quarterback. This guy threw for 366 and four touchdowns last week. He had a 70-yard run, but right. the defense gave a 488 yards and a terrible, disgusting loss to the Jets. That's the bottom line there. And this team has mentioned, and I hate to say it, they started 5-0, and and I said they go undefeated. No, dude. They had no chance to go undefeated, man. None. But I, I'm telling you, it's... We talked about it before. It's not just the defense. It's Kareem Hunt. What has happened to this guy? Has he just hit the rookie wall of rookie walls or what? He's had, listen, after the the first five games, four of the first five games, he was over 100 yards rushing. Since then, he hasn't gotten to 100 yards. These are his rushing totals He's in the last six ball games. I think he had 63 uh, yards seven. last week. Yeah. yeah. Listen to this, Andy. Yeah. 21 yards. Followed wow. by 87, 46, 37, 
73, 17, and 40. Wow. That's what Kareem Hunt has done week by week, rushing the ball for the Chiefs. They got to get him on track, man. You've got to have a multi dimensional offense. Alex Smith was fantastic last week against the Jets, but there are weeks where, think about the previous game against the Bills, where they just could not move the ball offensively. And a lot of that has to do with their running game just absolutely vanishing into thin air. No, you're exactly right. I tell you, I'm, I'm disappointed because I'm a Chiefs fan. I, I like Andy, the coach. I really do. I like him a lot. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be, and I hate to say the end of the day. That's such a disgusting phrase. Slap me. <laughs> you know, find me every time I say that. I don't no, know why I, I got caught up in saying the end of the day stuff. But uh, honestly, no, it's fine, man. If, if they don't make the playoffs, which they probably won't, you know, it's going to be on him. And I think eh. he could, uh, I, I still think they got a really good chance to make the playoffs. Because you look at their remaining schedule, and it, it's pretty favorable. If they can win today against the Raiders, which they have a legitimate shot to do so, you look at KC, they've got the Chargers. They host the Chargers next week. They host mm-hmm. the Dolphins after they've got three straight home games. And they close at Denver, who has just been abysmal this year. Right. So they have a fa- favorable uh, schedule at the end. You see the Raiders' schedule, Andy? It's rough, man. Here They have three of their last four on the road. They're at KC today. They've got a Sunday night game against the Cowboys next week. Right. Then they're at Philly, at the Chargers. That's a rough road it for really the Raiders. Is. So yes, it is. I actually like where the, the Chargers sit the best in this division. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. They'll come on strong as well. But let's talk about the 49ers against the Texans. This is a game that uh, really and truly one of those games. If it was in my backyard, I'd shut the drapes, really. 49ers 2-10, and 10, the Texans 4-8. and eight. Last week, the 49ers beat Chicago 15-14. What a game that must have been. And according to you, according to your text, I got the Texans by two and a half. By That's two right. and a half. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, you're Brian. Oh, you're the best. Completely you're up to date, best. man. Yes. Yeah, well... Um, I mean, look, Tom Savage, he threw for 365 yards against the Titans last week. They had that hideous interception at the end, but a couple of missed field goals, the bad interception by Tom Savage, but they move the ball. They move the ball pretty well against the Titans, and it's not like the 49ers are playing lockdown defense. So old Savage, he might be able to to gain a good amount of yardage today. C.J. Fedorowicz, their tight end, he's on IR. He's got a concussion. So you might get Will Fuller back with the ribs, but no Fedorowicz, the tight end. But it's all about Jimmy Garoppolo. It's about Jimmy G. Played pretty well, just under 300 yards passing in his debut against the Bears last week. So we'll see what he can do for a second straight week against a Texan defense that's completely banged up. I got a nugget for you. I know you love nuggets. I know you do. Not only McDonald's chicken nuggets, but the McNuggets as well. Jimmy Garoppolo is now undefeated in three career starts. However, the first two were with the Patriots. Just a little nugget, okay? Do you think they'll (laughs) mention that on the broadcast today? Do you remember the first two wins? No, well, I, I think it was the first two games that uh, no, I actually no, I really don't because was, I know, because the, yeah. the the Patriots or oh, they beat Arizona, I think the first game. Yep, there you go. I mean, yeah, Ari- he played yeah. very well against Arizona, yeah. and Arizona yeah. was coming off of being an NFC championship. Yeah, that game was at Arizona. The NFC title game. Yeah, when Brady was uh, was suspended the first four games, and the first game was at Arizona. Yep. and I didn't think they'd win that game. You're right. You're exactly right. Yeah, I think it was. I have to go back and check, but I think it was Chandler Catanzaro who missed the kick. Yeah. Very makeable field goal. 
and he just missed it at the end there. And then they smacked around the Dolphins. <laughs> they crushed the do. Dolphins in week two. It's uh, kind of running theme, which is fitting because we got Pat's Dolphins that we'll get to on the Monday night game tomorrow. But you do, you do like the Texans, I would think, in this game. I mean, really, right? I, you know, I don't know, Andy. Uh, to me, this is a complete coin flip. This is coin flip city because, I mean, who do you trust? Who do you trust in this game? Do you trust yeah. the 49ers defense? Do you trust Tom Savage? Like, who do you trust in this matchup? Oh, I look at it this way. I just think the Texans are due. That's the way I look at it. I mean, I talk about trust. I mean, the Texans lost five of the six, although the defense is terrible. I mean, right now they've allowed 20 yeah. points in six consecutive games. But forget that. Their offense is even worse than the defense. I mean, you got Savage. I'll take Garoppolo over Savage if that's the deal because Savage is yeah. terrible. He's just bad. Right. Yeah, it's look, man. It's a stay away game for me. I don't touch this at all. If this you're is like, not a money. You have to bet it on this game. I'm like, is there another game I could bet it on? I don't know, man. We're gonna be experts after the fact, but I don't trust any certain thing so much. Niners or Texans, where I'm like, oh yeah. If anything, I would go with the home team. <laughs> like right. that's, I would just say, ah, give me the home team. But I don't touch this one if I don't have to, and I don't. Okay, we will not put this game in the nose picks, right? It won't be in nose picks, no. There you go. Brian O, Andy Furman, and we're going to take some tweets and calls. How? At the No Show, NOE Show, at Andy Furman FSR, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, and you won't believe who just left the hot seat. That's next. Did you hear about his first NFL touchdown? Well, we'll tell you all about it in just about a minute. About 12 minutes before the top of the hour, this is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman, and guess what? I got some great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Now, let us roll into this game because I mentioned, B, that you won't believe who just left the hot seat. Packers and Browns today. Browns 0-1-12. Packers 6-6. Six and six. And uh, big news for the Browns. Uh, number one, their new general manager, John Dorsey, he cussed the wide receiver, Kenny Britt. But the other announcement was that Hugh Jackson will return as coach in 2018. Mm. How surprised yeah. are you with that? Um, I'm not stunned because it's the Browns, you know? And Hugh Jackson, it's not like it's been an embarrassment of riches in terms of talent on that roster. So if you think about this guy... And what maybe makes a move, you could see Alex Smith as the quarterback of the Browns. Maybe a one-year yeah. stopgap. They draft a quarterback, most likely number one overall. And you get Alex Smith. That's very possible because John Dorsey, he was responsible for bringing Alex Smith over there to KC. So if you think about where they're headed and Hugh Jackson, you know, Hugh Jackson was a hot name in terms of what he's been able to do with quarterbacks in the past. I so agree. why you would completely bail on him when he's had Deshaun Kaiser, who's looked really, really bad. I mean, you've had what? Uh, you've had B.O. there. You had Osweiler there for a second. And you got all these young guys. Like, could he look like a different head coach if he had Alex Smith or a legitimate top-flight quarterback? I think absolutely he could. Well, even our guy, Bobby Dawes, I mean, he says Hugh Jackson deserves another season. He hasn't had a talent around him. I understand that, but my theory is this. The reason why he's going to return, because management doesn't want him to go to Cincinnati if, in fact, Marvin Lewis is gone because he's got some ties to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they want to block him from coming to Cincinnati. 
Maybe yeah, I'm well, crazy. Hey, yeah, could be. Could be. I wouldn't call you crazy if that was the case, but... I'll tell you what, man, in terms of this game, you got to at least get a win. You can't go winless for the season. That's rough. That's a rough sell right there. Maybe that being high on Hugh Jackson right now, that changes if they go 0-16. But um, the Browns, can you believe this? You probably can, Andy, but they are minus 19 in turnover differential this year, which is worse than the league. Minus 19. Like their their defense hasn't been that bad. They're actually pretty good in some areas. They're good against the rush, but when you're minus nineteen in the turnover department, That'll kill that you. explains why you're zero and twelve. No doubt right. about that. Yeah. And according to you and your latest text to me, Packers by three in this one. Yeah, Packers by three, and man, you got to wonder which Brett Hundley is going to show up. The guy had eighty four yards passing last week. 84 yards, Andy. 30 of those yards came in overtime against Tampa. So this guy, he was awful against the Ravens a few weeks ago. He was great against the Steelers two weeks ago. And then he was back to being dreadful against Tampa. So which guy shows up today, that's going to go a long way. But this is an absolutely huge game, believe it or not, for the Packers. Because oh, if yeah. they win, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers coming back. Hey, you're 7-6. and six. If you run the table, you get to 10-6. and six. Just like last year when they were 4-6, and six, they ran the table, won their last six, got to 10-6, and six and got into the playoffs. So this is a big game for the Packers. It got to beat the Browns. And if they do, with Aaron Rodgers possibly coming back mm-hmm. next week, that's that's a complete uh, difference maker. If they lose, and I don't know why he does come back, you know. I'm with you right there. And you know he's staying in the same division. The Packers obviously six and six, but so are the Lions. And the Lions are playing the Bucks today at four and eight. So we'll see what happens. And last week the Lions lost forty four twenty at Baltimore for the second straight. And look, this is a team right mm-hmm. now without Matthew Stafford. They're finished. They're still alive for the playoffs. Stafford hurt his hand last week, and guess what? Their backup quarterback what was that Jake Rudick. Jake Rudick's yeah. first NFL touchdown pass, guess what, was a pick six to Raven safety Eric Weddle. So that's it. Uh, look, the good news, if they have any good news, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, they don't play a team with a winning record the rest of the way. The combined record of their final four opponents is 18-29. and 29. And by the way, Detroit, yeah, they're, they're hanging by their thumbs, but they've only have beaten one team that's been over 500 the entire season this year. How do you like that? Well, it's two teams that are really rough right now. With Stafford's hand injury, you got to wonder how how healthy he's going to be for this game. And their running attack is 31st in the league. The Lions just can't run the football. Their O-line is banged up with Rick Wagner and TJ Lang. Ezekiel Anza, he's got an ankle injury as the defensive end. And the Lions defense, they've given up 24 points or more in each of their last four games. But you look at Tampa, they lost two starting offensive linemen going into the game last week against Green Bay. Green Bay had a field day. They sacked Jameis seven times. They had a strip that came in for a touchdown, a scoop six, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. This is another one of those coin flip games where I think it's similar to the Niners at the Texans, where if you're like... All right, Brian, gun to your head. Who wins, Lions or Tampa? I'm like, I, it's not looking good for I, me. I think I it's no easier idea. than that. I think you got to go with Tampa because, number one, they have more weapons than the Lions on the offensive side of the ball. And, number two, with Matthew Stafford maybe shaky today, they're a one-dimensional team. They don't run the football. It's all on mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford. Without Stafford, they're finished. That's it. It's easy. You could be right, Andy, but you got a better read than I do. This is a toss-up well, to me, we'll man. See. By the way, we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, and we're going to talk about the team that's tied for the longest win streak. That's next. 
We'll tell you about not one but two hot seats in just about a minute. But right now, we're going to say good morning, America. Yes, it's time. It's Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman, and welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We are brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Are you ready, B? Not for week 14, but for Christmas and the holidays. That's what I'm asking. Um, well, I'm more ready for week 14 than Christmas because you got to buy the Christmas presents, you know? I wait yeah. to pretty much the last minute. I've got a couple of things picked out, but I got way more shopping. Now, wait to do, a minute. You, you, know? just, you just, you just blew a load on a ring. I mean, come on. What's left? You got an engagement <laughs> ring for your girl. Come on now. What else well, you Well, yeah, but that do? wasn't a Christmas present, you know? You should have waited. That's completely different. So you now it's the fool. holiday season. You should have waited for Christmas Eve and give her the ring then. Nah, now you got to get another nah. gift. Nah, I just, I, I just felt it was the right time. So you know, it's it's all good. I looked at it as that as a different department, and I like being a little bit different. You know, I guess I didn't I know, know it was so common to do the engagement thing on Christmas or Christmas Eve, or I don't know, man. I like doing a few things against the grain. I just can't do that. Well, you know? I'm glad to hear that. By the way, we're going to do something against the grain right now because I want to get into the Vikings Panthers game, which is one hell of a game. It really is. Mm-hmm. But before we do that. I have a heart, and most people don't think I do. Richard from West Virginia has been holding on since last Sunday, and I want to get him on right now, and I'm going to say, Richard, welcome to Fox Football Sunday, Brian Owen, Andy Furman, but this will be your final call in 2017. Hello, Richard. How are you? It'll be my final call in 2017. Yeah, we, we do. Once a month is good. Once a month. Once a month. Okay. There you go. I heard you talk about Hugh Jackson and the Brownies, and I heard this on the post game that uh, Hugh Jackson said that, uh, Jimmy, I told him that I have a three-year plan. And that was that's it. He says he believes in me, and that's what it's going to be, three years. That's what he's going to give me to turn this team around. But if you ever listen to a postgame, it's very annoying because all he ever says is, any caller calls in, he says, i got to watch the tape, and they're playing hard, and they're getting better. I mean, he doesn't even need to be out there. It's the same thing. He may as well just record what he says because uh, one time because he says the same thing every week. Well, most coaches do. Most coaches do. I mean, uh, I hear Marvin Lewis after every loss, we've got to work harder. We've got to keep on improving. You know what? He said the same thing in August that he's going to say today after the Bears lost. They'll lose to the Bears. I know they will. That's just the way. they got six starters on the sideline. But, Richard, Happy New Year to you and Merry Christmas. We'll speak to you next year. Now, my God. We're going to have to find out. We're going to have to find out in January. If he's a Browns fan, it right. sounds like he's he's listening to like Hugh Jackson radio shows, right? Doesn't it? Yeah, you know, that there's a reason why we'll he's find on out. We'll find out yeah. in 2018 if if Richard roots for the Browns. I don't know. And before if he does we or not. D- delve into the Vikings Panthers, I understand you have a couple of tweets. Oh yeah, I do have a tweet. I've got a tweet here, Andy. There's one. Let me check it out here. We've got Jonathan. He checks in. He's talking about the Marcus Peters suspension, the Chiefs cornerback. Oh yeah, yeah. and he tweeted not just because of a flag, and he included a uh, an article that's entitled Marcus Peters Update Argument with Coach Part of Suspension. So within uh-huh. this, uh-huh. you have uh, Mike Garofolo who reports that on the team bus ride to the airport following the loss to the Jets, apparently uh, you had Marcus Peters get into it with a member of the coaching staff. And so that factored into the suspension. I hope something else 
factored into the, the suspension than just throwing a flag into the stands because well, that, that would be know. insane to suspend a player for simply doing that. But I'll tell you this, Andy. When you've lost six of your last seven, Marcus Peters, he better have sounded like a combination of Eddie Murphy from Raw, Sam Kinison, the most crazy stand-up comedians or loud-spoken men on the planet to suspend him for this game against the Raiders because you desperately need that body on the field. So he better have said something where you're like, look, man, we have no decision if you're going to say something like that. We have to suspend you here. Well, I'll go one step further. The, suspen- the suspension throwing the flag in the stands, I was more, uh, I guess, sh- striking by the fact that it was a club situation, not a league rule. I mean, if anybody's going to be suspended right. for throwing a flag in the stands, that should come from the NFL office, not from the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, that's why I was, I came unglued about it. Like, if it was just for throwing a flag in the stands, that is... That just defies all logic if you're going to suspend a guy for simply that. Now, according to Mike Garofolo, it seems like there's more to the story. But look, Tom Brady, see how he came unglued on Josh McDaniels? Yeah. The first drive against the Bills last week. Josh McDaniels, his comments, he's like, hey, man, it's an emotional game. You just kind of move on. So I'm really curious, the story behind the story with Marcus Peters, if he came unglued and was just an absolute crazed lunatic and they had to suspend him, or they're being sensitive on this one. I I don't know, but at least there's more to the story than just throwing a flag in the stands, because that's just crazy, man. Well, there's a pretty good story here with the Vikings and the Panthers. Vikings 10-2, Panthers 8-4, and and basically the Vikings, by their winning last week, beating Atlanta, that was a pretty good game, 14-9. They're tied now with New England for the league's longest current winning streak, and that's at eight games. Now, we talk about possible MVPs. This guy's name has never come up. And I'm going to throw it out there right now. Quarterback Case Keenum. This guy can't lose. He had 227 yards last week, two touchdowns, and an interception in the win last week for the Vikings. And I say, you know what? It's about time they make a case maybe for the MVP for this guy. Think about that. Because the Vikings are going for a sweep of the NFC South today. I don't buy it. Um, He's played good football. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. But he's he's not in that class. He's not in the the Brady, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson class. But valuable, being valuable to a team. They're down to their third quarterback. It's not a team award. It's most valuable in the league, right? Like, he's been great with the Vikings, and he's absolutely surpassed expectations. He's just not on that level. That's not to say he's stinking it up. He's playing really, really well. Yes. (laughs) Playing great football. Way better than we expected of him. But no, when you're throwing out, he's got 16 touchdowns, five picks. Brady's at 26 and four. Wentz is at 29 and six. And then Russell Wilson, I don't know how he does it. Russell Wilson has accounted for 29 of the Seahawks' 30 offensive touchdowns. Right. His offensive line is brutal, and this dude is just running around and making things happen. So that's what you know. Case Keenum is looking up at. So it's not saying that he's stinking it up. It's just, he's not there. He's not on that level. Well, I understand that, but just a valuable asset for his team, which I think that his name has not even popped up at all. But the fact what he has done to me is somewhat short of amazing. It really is. But as far as the Panthers are concerned, you're right. It's all it's all Cam. It really is. And they're playing for an NFC wild card berth last week. They lost. And that was sort of a heartbreaking loss. They lost to the Saints 31-21. They got to win this game. There's no doubt right now. Yeah. They got to win this game today. And according to your text to me, Vikings by three. 
Yes, Vikings are favored by three on the road. And you think about Xavier Rhodes locking down Julio Jones in the last matchup. It seems like it was, you know, five weeks ago with the Falcons playing on Thursday night. But that was the last game for the Vikings. And Xavier Rhodes held Julio Jones to just two catches in 24 yards. So you take that and apply it to this matchup. What are the Panthers going to be able to do? You don't have Kelvin Benjamin. Greg Olson is banged up. He's in and out, you know? So this this Panthers offense doesn't put a whole lot of stress on your defense. And we've got a defense as nasty as the Vikings. I just don't know how many points Carolina is going to be able to score today because typically the Vikings put a ton of heat on Cam. They sacked him a career high eight times last year. They sacked him six times going back to the 2014 meeting. So mm-hmm. if you're able to get a lot of pressure on Cam and also lock down his his weapons, quote-unquote, I, I just don't know how the Panthers score enough. I'm with you. Couldn't agree more. You know what? And I mentioned coming into this segment about two coaches that are on two very hot seats, and they're meeting today in Cincinnati, by the way. The Chicago Bears, 3-9. and nine, The Bengals, 5-7. and seven. John Fox, basically, his, his seat, I wouldn't even want to touch it. That's how hot it is. And yeah. Marvin Lewis in the last year of a contract, and really and truly with a coach at 5-7 and seven after 12 games and nothing or no talk about re-upping for next year. you got to believe there's some question over there as well. Last week, the Bears dropped their fifth straight. They lost to the 49ers and the Bengals what a loss that was they lost to the Steelers 23-20 but they led 17-3 in the first half now you're a big guy with over under I know you are and today the over and under should not be with points. The over and under should be the crowd in Cincinnati. It was 19 degrees this morning, really. 19 oh. degrees with some snow on the ground. And I would say over oh, and under. Be 30, I don't think there'd be more than 30,000 people in the stands today. Man, that was a light crowd last week in a yeah. nationally televised standalone game against the Steelers. I know. You know, what's it going to be like today against the Bears, man? And worse weather conditions. You probably might be, you're probably right, Andy. It is going to be so scarce there in the crowd. But how about this, man? Talking about scarce. Rookie wide receiver John Ross. Oh. Remember when he just blew the oh. doors off the combine? He had like a 4 2 40. Yeah. And like, oh, John Ross, what he could do in this offense. Been banged up almost all year. The guy had one rush for 12 yards. And a fumble. That's his resume because he had zero catches, Andy. He didn't catch a pass all year. Well, I'll tell you the most embarrassing thing happened, you know, at the weekly news conference this week, Wednesday. Marvin Lewis was asked about Ross, and he said, yeah, he should be ready to go. On Sunday. An hour later, he was put on the IR. An hour later. So you're telling me that Marvin Lewis didn't know or, or no one told him, but he was put on the oh, IR man. because the shoulder injury that he had entering the season that he had surgery on, now he has the other shoulder injured and he hasn't played. You talk about, and I hate to use the term bust because you can't say he's a bust because he never played. I mean, right. it was just unfortunate what happened to him. Yeah, I would say it's a absolutely a bust of a rookie year, Correct. but to say it's a bust of a career, it's it's premature to say that. But we were talking over unders. You talk about the crowd, Andy, <laughs> but the the total for this game is thirty nine. But think about this: the Bears last week against the Forty ers who have one of the worst defenses in football, the Bears gained a hundred and forty seven yards. That's it. Wow, a buck forty seven against the Niners. So. The Bengals are the walking wounded, man. They've got Drake Kirkpatrick is out. Vontaze Perfect is out. Joe Mixon is out. Adam Jones is out. All these guys defensively are on the shelf. 
They're gone. Yeah. Six daughters are out today. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. Darkwest Denard is out. So all yeah. these guys. Can the Bears, can they at least crack 200 yards against the, the Bengals' B team? I don't know that they can. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. That's how little faith I have in the Bears' offense. But I will be the lone guy to watch this game. I, I will yeah, be watching. You're gonna this check game it today. out, huh? I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. At least for a half, we'll see. By the way, it's Brian Noah and Andy Furman. We call it Fox Football Sunday. You are more than welcome to join the fray. We're a big happy family here. We really are, and we use Twitter to get you to come in here. How at the No Show N O E Show at Andy Furman F S R or eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox eight seven seven nine nine six sixty three sixty nine. Obviously, we are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. About a half hour from now, we will have bottom barrel betting. And hour number three, we will have Alex Marvez, the Sheik, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider, of course, nose picks. And I'm not talking about picking your nose. Brian knows picks. That's basically what we're going to do. And admit it, you never saw this coming. We'll explain that next. This is a first and a half a century. That's coming right up. It's about 20 past the hour. We call it Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian O. I'm Andy Furman. And of course, before we get to the business at hand, love has an army and you could join the fight. Hey, help the Salvation Army fight for those in need all over our community this Christmas by going to FoxSportsRadio.com and clicking the red kettle icon to donate or call 1-833-SAL-JOIN. Now, back to the business at hand, week 14 in the National Football League. And I said no one saw this coming. The Jets 5-7, and seven, Broncos 3-9. and nine. The Jets beat the Kansas City Chiefs last week, 38-31. But last week, Denver Loses to your Dolphins B, 35-9, eight straight losses by first in 50 years for the Denver Broncos. Eight straight losses. Yikes. Man, I know it, right? You got to go back to 1967. <laughs> Is that crazy? The I wasn't even born yet. It's 67, man. That's unbelievable. I if know. you had told me before the season started... That the Broncos would lose eight straight and be three and nine at this point. There's no way I would have believed it. Believe. Believe. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it now, but their offense is just brutal, man. And you've got Emmanuel Sanders who's got an ankle injury. I Look, you're going up against the Jets team. How about this? Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver, he's had back to back one hundred yard receiving games. He's had three out of the last five. Go for over a hundred yards. Seven Very quietly. The year. Yeah, yeah, incredibly quietly. But he is—he's like prolific compared to the Broncos' wide receivers and the Broncos' offense. You know, I just think that a lot of times you look at teams that are losing, and I think there's a correlation to the amount of injuries as opposed to teams that lose. For example, we'd mentioned the Bengals today to play in the Bears, and the Bengals are basically going nowhere. they got six starters out. I just don't think these guys want to play when they know the games are somewhat meaningless. I really believe that. Well, I, I can't. Look, the first guy that I think of is Trent Williams, the uh, left tackle for the Redskins. He's got knee injuries. You know, Both knees are injured. He's going to require surgery, and he's just putting it off. He's just like, hey, man, I'm going to try to gut it out again, come this far. So just try to get out the season. That's a 5-7 and seven football team that doesn't have much of a chance to make the playoffs. And he's expected to gut it out again. So there are players, there are guys that are will go out there that 
are solidified. You know, it's not like he's fighting for a roster spot going forward. That's a stud. Trent Williams yeah. is fantastic. And I tell you what, I applaud him because on the other side of the coin, there's Jeremy Hill, the running back on the Cincinnati Bengals, who has that bad ankle, and he's going for surgery now rather than gut it out and play the season because he's going to be a free agent come March. And he's going to, look, he doesn't want to be taking an operation in March. He wants to be healthy where teams will be saying, is he okay in March? He wants to go on that open market and get some money. So he's, he's shut it down. And I think if the team was in contention, I think that maybe he'd play or maybe gut it out. So there's your other opposite end of the coin right there. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he would be able to gut it out uh, with that particular injury. So who knows? Who knows? Right, but right. There are some players that, you know, they're not going to put it on the line and they're going to think about the future. And it's like, hey, man, where are we going this year? We're three and nine or whatever the case may be. Why am I going to, you know, risk personal injuries. There are guys like that, but there are plenty of players with the opposite mentality where they're like, hey man, this is my job, this is what I do, so I'm going to try to get it out. There are those players as well, so it's not just one without the other. Yeah, and there's good news though, because according to you, which you just sent me that text, I had the line as a pick back on, I think, Thursday. Consensus now says one and a half Broncos. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Jets are favored. You know, the Broncos are a home dog. So yeah, think okay. about that. Another one heading into the season. Would you have believed that the Broncos in Week 14 would be a home dog against the Jets? Yeah, There's is no way you possibly would have believed that. Would you have believed that the Jets would have two more wins than the Broncos at this point of the season? There's no way. That's right. why and I love the was, NFL, man. All right. this unexpected stuff happens left and right. And wasn't the talk early in the season that they were going to dump? They were going to throw the season away to Jets? I mean, they're more competitive than half sure. the teams in the league right now. They really are. Well, they're, going out they're way more competitive than we thought they would be. And yeah, right. we expected them to win two, three games, have one of the top picks, and get one of those top-flight quarterback prospects. But they've won too many games for that right now. Exactly so right. They're well down there. But I love that. Where If you look right now, Andy, just the teams that were in last place in their division last year, as the playoffs stand right now, there are three teams in the NFC that are would be in the playoffs right now that finished last in their division last year. you got the Eagles, Mm-hmm. who are the number two seed right now. The Rams are the three seed, and currently the Panthers are the number six seed. All of those teams finished last in their respective divisions last year, and they're in the thick of the things. Uh, Eagles are in line for a bye. You know, the winner of the Eagles-Rams game today is in line for a first-round bye. So the NFL is working basically with the draft, and everything works out well. That's what they That's what they want. That's basically what they want to see, right? I mean, you yeah, talk about teams. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're pushing everybody toward the middle. The good teams are pushed toward the middle, drafting at the end. The bad teams are pushed toward the middle, drafting higher with their horrible records. It's just the Patriots. Patriots are the outlier, man. Patriots, with one more win this season, Andy, that'll be their eighth consecutive 11-win season, which would yeah. be an NFL record. Which is tremendous. And they they throw they, they took it right off. It's unskewed. They throw the skewing off the pages. They really do. But another they team do. we're going we're to throw this in there, the Chargers, who started 0-4. They're 6-6 right now, and they host the Redskins. Last week, the Redskins lost to Dallas, basically ruined their season. i got to believe they're finished right now. But the Chargers won their third straight. They beat, well, they beat the Browns, but still, they won. <laughs> These turnovers are killing the Redskins. But honestly, you talk about the Chargers right now. They're hot. And they're wide receiver. Yeah. Keenan Allen, if you got fantasy uh, football, this guy's hot too. 
Yeah, man, you mentioned it. Listen to this. Whenever you say the first player in NFL history, my ears perk up. I'm like, what What, what happened? Is this a legit stat or is this – this is legit. Keenan Allen, first player in NFL history with 10 catches, 100 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown in three straight games. Think about that, Andy. Think about all the prolific wide receivers in the history of the game where Antonio Brown, he's going for a fifth consecutive 100 reception season. Never been done before in the NFL. All the, Randy Moss, whoever you want to throw out there, Marvin Harrison, nobody but Keenan Allen has had three consecutive games with 10 catches, 100 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. That's Tremendous. impressive to me. Very Only dude so. in NFL history to do it. And the Chargers are favored by six in this game. Yeah. I mean, who would have thunk that? Really, Phillip Rivers coming on strong. I love Phillip Rivers. I really do. I love those little yeah. ties, those little Texas string ties. The, the bolo, yeah. I love the Quietly, bolo. quietly, very strong season. 21 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But we mentioned this a little bit earlier, Andy. Think back. Remember when the Chargers started out 0-4? Yeah. And I was sitting here, I was banging the drum, and I was like, hey, look. There were four-game losing streaks last year. The Steelers, who ended up in the AFC title game, had one. The Packers, who ended up in the NFC title game, had one. It's just that it wasn't the first four weeks of the season. It was within the season. And so it goes a lot more unnoticed than if you start off the season 0-4 like the Chargers. But all of a sudden, you fast-forward to the here and now, and they've got a chance to completely wash away that 0-4 beginning because they got a great shot to win this division, man. Yeah, they sure I think do. they have the best shot to win the AFC West. Let me check out the Chargers' remaining schedule because they got Washington today, as mentioned, at home. Then they got at Kansas City. That could mm-hmm. be tough. That'd be a biggie. At the Jets, they should win that one. And then Oakland at home. So it's going to be yeah. tough. If they get it, you know, they'll earn it. If they get in there, they'll earn it. That's for sure. Well, the game next week on Saturday against the Chiefs is a huge, huge game. But you got to take care of business today and at least keep pace with whomever wins the Chiefs-Raiders game. But let's just say the Chiefs lose today. Well, okay, great. you got the Chiefs next week. And you host the Raiders in Week 17. Vice versa, okay, the Chiefs win today. Well, oh, you're at the Chiefs next week. So that's a huge, huge game. I, I like where... The Chargers stand right now. They'd be my pick to win the AFC West. And I want to see him do because I like Phillip Rivers. You know, call me stupid. That's it. That's the way I am. I'm a Phillip Rivers fan and I want to see him get some respect. I really do. Brian, no, you get respect. I respect you. You know I do. I respect you to the nines. I really do. Brian, no. How many Andy, people hit you up and say, listen, Andy, you're, you're very smart. You kind of sandbag no us one. and say you're stupid. How many no people does. hit you up on Twitter and say you're stupid? Most most people do, most. and the ones that don't, the, the ones that don't, are cussing me out in other areas as well. So it doesn't make a difference. I can handle it. I got broad shoulders. I can handle it. Brian, no Andy Furman, Fox Football Sunday. Now, of course, we are coming to you live rather than dead from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Now, speaking of goats, where do you hear this? That's next. But first, let's get the latest from our guy Ralph Irvin. Well, thank you very much, Andy, and it is. Sunday, week 14 of the NFL, but we'll get there in a moment because first, the college football news where we have a new Heisman Trophy winner. The 83rd winner of the Heisman Trophy is Baker Mayfield, becoming the first senior to win the award since 2006. It's also the first walk-on player to win it since the term became used back in 1950. He finished ahead of Stanford's Bryce Love and Louisville's Lamar Jackson. 
On the NBA scoreboard, the Lakers gave Charlotte their third straight loss, 110-99. Jordan Clarkson, 22 points off the bench. The Clippers got 25 from Danilo Gallinari. They beat Washington, 113-112. Atlanta had six players in double figures as they beat Orlando, 117-110. Cleveland got a triple-double from LeBron James. They beat Philadelphia, 105-98. And James Harden, 48 points. Chris Paul, 26. And Houston won their ninth straight, 124-124. 117 over Portland with True Car. You can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And gentlemen, we are four and a half hours away from our NFL Sunday for week 14. And there will be 14 games today played today at 4.05 Eastern. Tennessee kicks off at Arizona. Richard Matthews, Delaney Walker, both expected to play today for the Titans. Adrian Peterson, on the other hand, he will continue to sit with a bad neck. Thank you. The Golden Tones of one Ralph Urban. I tell you, we love him to death. We're so lucky to have him with us. But you know what? They're nothing but spoilers, and we'll get to that in just about a minute. We've crossed the 50-yard line on what we call Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. I want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part? Figuring out which way is easier. And as Ralph mentioned, B, uh, Titans cards, Titans 8 and 4, cards 5 and 7. And uh, last week, the Titans won their second straight at Houston, uh, 24-13. And the Cardinals lost to the Rams, ugly, 32-16. Titans have uh, won six of less seven. And they have a mm. solid running game, and that's what's getting it done for them, Derrick Henry. Although the defense has been pretty good. As far as the Cardinals, i got to believe they're playing for next year. Maybe they're just spoilers. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely playing for next year. They're not going to rattle off four straight wins. Even if they did, I don't know if 9-7 and is going to be good enough to sneak into the playoffs with the way the mm-hmm. NFC is. So, yeah, cards are playing spoiler, but, man, you talk about the Titans. You mentioned it, six of their last seven wins. I, I don't know how many people would believe that because they've been winning so ugly. <laughs> like, I always say the most important word in the phrase winning ugly is winning. Just win, baby. Find Mm -hmm. a way to win games. But they've won in such ugly fashion that it doesn't even feel like they've won six of their last seven. When I heard that said, I was like, really? Titans have? Wow. (laughs) You know, that's how ugly it's been. But hey, man, when those ugly wins, you stockpile enough of them, all of a sudden your record, it looks pretty. You know, eight and four looks pretty good. And they've got a legitimate shot to win that AFC South. Thanks to Dick LeBeau and great defense. They really have. I mean, Dick LeBeau's done a hell of a... 80 years old in the Hall of Fame. Defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. I love him. I love the guy, Dick LeBeau. Uh, really and truly, there'll be another... Are you going to be wanting to work at 80? I mean, really and truly. Do you want to get up and work every single day when you're 80 years of age? First of all, you look at the guy, he looks like he's 50. But the guy is there every day in practice, and players love this guy. They swear by him, and he's done a hell of a job with their defense. He really has. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think your love for Dick LeBeau is clouding your judgment here a little bit, Andy, come because on, come on. there's a few things here. Come on. Me, he looks like he's 50. Okay. Come, 60, if you're taking the over-under on 50, no, he doesn't you look bad. I mean, kidding me? He doesn't look like uh, an 80-year-old guy. That's for sure. Okay, fine. Okay. But 50's stretching it a little bit. Uh, the Titans defense, all right. You know, 18th in terms of points given up per game. They let Tom Savage throw for 365 yards last week. 
365, Andy. Right. Yeah, that's you know way what, too much for Tom You're looking Savage. at numbers. I'm looking at individual games where they've had great defensive stops at the end of the game to, to kind of seal the wins for them. I mean, rather than just looking at points and points given up and where they're ranked in defense, you know, great defensive stops at the right time. All right? I credit him for that. All right? You know, just okay. like calls. <laughs> Opportunistic defense? You going with yes. that? Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, All right. Go with the okay. Opportunistic defense. They're very good against the rush. I'll give them that. They're number three in the league against the rush. Against the pass, that's, that's where they struggle. They come back. They're 25th in the NFL against the pass. So... I'm not trying to make them out to be dogs. I'm just saying they're not right. one of the top defenses. That's all. I mean, Dick LeBeau, I'll say it like this, Andy. If Dick LeBeau and the name recognition wasn't there with how great of a career he's had, you wouldn't look at the Tennessee Titans defense and be like, oh, man, they're You're formidable. Right. You're exactly you wouldn't look right. at them like that. But you of got the Dick not. LeBeau. Yeah, you got the if that it wasn't name, for Dick LeBeau, that I wouldn't recognition. Even, if it wasn't for Dick LeBeau, I wouldn't even root for this team. Believe me. <laughs> I could care less about the Titans, really. But I love By Dick way, LeBeau. But something, though, something else in this game, Andy, besides the Titans just trying to keep winning games and improve their chances to win the division, Larry Fitzgerald, he needs 26 receiving yards to pass Randy Moss for third all-time on the receiving list. Now, How about that? Amazing. What a career for Larry Fitzgerald. Good guy, too, isn't he? Good guy. Yeah. yeah. Back to college and I like the University of Phoenix commercials, by the way. Yeah, good. they are. They're not bad. They're not bad at all. By the way, you know, we've got Bon and Barrow Benny coming up in about eight, nine minutes from now. And let's take a little bit of a, a timeout, if we can, on football. Because I saw this story, and I mentioned the term goats. Greatest of all time. I don't know if you uh-huh. saw. I think you saw the story. You had them. You're, you're Mr. Sports. I mean, I follow your lead. What about Ronaldo? What about Ronaldo? He said, quote, he's the best player in history. He plays for Real Madrid, right? I mean, for a guy to come out like that, you got to be pretty bold. you got to be pretty ballsy to say that I'm the best. I never even heard LeBron say that. Really? I mean, come on. Um, you, you read the story, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard the story. I mean, look, it's. If I knew anything about soccer, I could chime in. I would love to. I, I don't know nothing about it at all. I follow the World Cup when it rolls around, but other than that, I I don't care whatsoever. All these people are like, soccer's up and coming. It's like, eh, it's still got a long way to go to really be much of anything right now. You know, I would talk soccer all day long if the numbers were good enough, Andy. They're just not. They're starting to get better. It cracks me up, man, where it's like, it's almost like, the Browns. If the Browns win three games next year, soccer fan would be like, oh, they're on the rise. Look out for the Browns. But realistic fan would be like, well, it's, it's numbers are still really bad. You know? Well, I do want to mention that Toronto did win the MLS Cup yesterday. They beat Seattle 2 nothing. I just wonder how Look many at people you, watched Mr. it. Soccer. Just well, you know, you know what? Soccer guy. Well, I did work in the, North Ameri- in the now defunct North American Soccer League. I was the PR guy for the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. And boy, we had a hell of a team with George Best and, and, uh, Gerd Mueller and uh, Gordon Banks, the one-eyed goalkeeper. So, you know, that was big back then. But that was like in the 80s, and they said it was going to be the sport of the 90s. And it never happened. It never happened, okay? It's happening now. And I live in Cincinnati, and they have uh, uh, a team right now vying for for an MLS franchise. They have FC Cincinnati, which played in the United League this year, and they averaged mm-hmm. over 25,000 a game. And I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. When they played head-on against the Cincinnati Reds, they outdrew the Reds. There's a movement in Cincinnati 
study for soccer. I don't know what it is. Maybe because the uh, the young marrieds and uh, they have their kids playing soccer. I don't know what. I don't know what Listen the magic you. is. I don't the know what it is. The collective face of our audience is just completely glazed over right now. What are you doing, Andy? Good Lord. I wanted to talk about the best rant ever. of yours. Yeah, I, you, I when you wanna... said GOAT, the first thing I thought of, I was like, what happened to all the shenanigans in the Army-Navy game? When they would try to yeah. steal the goat and like do all this crazy, Wait, what happened to all those fun things? Well, I don't want to get into soccer as much because I don't want to lose the audience. The, the, the small well, audience that we already them. have, they've, lo- no, they've been the, lost. I heard you the gotta reel them back, talk some football right away, man. Yeah, I, I heard the clicks already. I understand. Come back, please come back. It has nothing to do with soccer. It has something to do with an egotistical pig by the name of Ronaldo who says he's the best player in history. And I've never heard anybody in any sport come out and say things like that. That's all I'm saying. I was shocked at the remark. I wish Tom Brady would come out and say he's the GOAT, because he I, is. I would, But yes. you got plenty of people trying to make it seem like he isn't. I would love for him to come out and say that. Yes, it wouldn't would be good. Too. To your point, it's not the, the best thing to do PR-wise. It's funny. Mini rant, Andy Furman. It's funny to me because there are rappers that are incredibly popular for basically just bragging about themselves all day long. Yet the minute... An athlete does it. It's oh, he's full of himself. If Tom Brady came out, was like, "Yeah, I'm the goat." Oh, check killed. my stats. Check my rings. Wait, who are you going to put in front of me? Seriously, Montana. Psh, how many rings does he have? One less than me. If he went on that, we'd be like, "Tom Brady's the worst." If you put that in a rap song, you'd be like, "I kind of like this Tom Brady right here." That's right. the way it works, man. May I say something to you? Uh, my hands. What do you got? My hands are my heart. I'm on my knees. I want to apologize to you because I love you so much. I apologize for going on this stupid soccer rant. I, I apologize to the to the small audience that we not the vast audience to the small audience that we have. And I hope you're still there. I didn't mean to go in the direction of soccer. It just so happens that this moron who plays soccer said he's the best ever. That's all I'm saying. So please accept my apology, B. Please do because I am so sorry. I really am. I, I accept it. I accept Thank it absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Don't let it happen much. again. It soccer will never happen. I promise you, it'll never right. happen again. Now, our our executive producer says, would Brady be the only athlete who could say that and not get backlash? You know what, though? I think that, obviously, if LeBron said it, he'd get killed. Oh, gosh. He'd get killed. You kidding me? Killed if Tom Brady it. said it, you don't think Tom Brady would get backlash if he came out? I was like, yeah, I'm the GOAT. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my killed. gosh. You kidding me? Nobody wants to People hear that. People love to hate the Patriots. I want to hear Mike Trout come about out. saying that, he'd be I'll, crushed But I want to hear Mike Trout come out and say I'm the best player in Major League Baseball right now. I want to hear him say it. Really. It'll never yeah. happen. Well, who knows? Yeah, Mr. Boy, Bagel for the playoffs. Do something in the playoffs and come talk to me. There you go. Brian No, Andy Furman, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Now, it may not be the GOAT, but it certainly is the GGAT. It's bottom barrel betting. And it's next. Bottom barrel betting coming right up. I said the GGAT is the greatest game of all time. But before we get to that, let me mention that we are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And we have breaking news. Breaking news from Fox Sports. That's right, Andy. Uh, This just in, Soccer Bowl 17 has been announced as the Chicago Sting will take on Godfrey Ingram and Leonardo Cuellar of the San Diego Soccers. It'll be played at Lockhart Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. Huh? You gotta be kidding! You gotta be kidding! <laughs> Brian knows dying now. He's, he's you're dying. Okay, let, let's move on. We got a game that to play. That was well done. I like yeah. that. Was well done by Ralph yeah. Irvin. That's funny. See what you created, Andy. You created a, a monster, monster here. A monster. Let's do it. Let's play the game. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. Oh, no. I thought you was lame. Barrel. Barrel. You put my. Barrel. 
money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Yes, it is, and it's a proud service of GEICO. What does it mean when GEICO says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? Well, it means you probably should have gone to GEICO.com 15 minutes ago. And the man of the hour, your host, the man who has every single solitary answer, the one and only Bobby D. Hello, Bobby. How's it going, guys? Great. You Fantastic. Know, you know, Andy, it's Go been ahead. it's been a trying few weeks for you. Oh, and go. I got to say, this past week... It's still trying. I mean, it is still trying. Thanks. Mainly because we do have the big time return of the one and only... Are you ready for it, Andy? Don't tell me 3-0, and oh, no. Don't. Oh. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. It's 3-0, and oh, no, baby. Yeah! Three and oh no again. Back to back. No, it's 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 actually one week before, but two out of three. Two Two out of three, like the Patriots. Oh yeah, take that. Okay, I'm going to tell you this right now. Beginning in 2018, we're we're changing. We're doing a new game. We're doing something else. (laughs) I'll think up of some sort of a stupid game to play. Nose picks. We're we're going to make that a thing. (laughs) Nose picks because this is run its course now. Really, nose Nose picks. picks Soccer updates with Ralph. That's what we'll we'll do. We'll do. Sounds great. Yeah. There we go. All right. So quick recap. So you guys had the uh, Geno Smith was starting for the Giants last week, and I had asked. Who has more yards, the Raiders rushing or Geno passing? It was actually closer than I thought it would be. Brian, you took Geno with 212 yards. Andy, you took the Raiders, but they had 119. So it wasn't too terrible. Geno in a landslide. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. But yeah, then the second one was Josh Gordon making his debut, 90 and a half yards receiving. Andy had the over. Brian, you had the under. Gordon finished with 85 yards. So that was not close. close. Yeah, he was close. And yeah. the last one was Carson Wentz against the Seattle defense over under two and a half passing touchdowns. Andy oh. took the over. Brian took the under, and he only had one touchdown on the day. So yeah, yeah. man. There Pretty close, go. though. Pretty they were, close. They were close. Pretty yeah. close. He needed two more. Close, but no cigar. Right. <laughs> don't, don't rub it in, okay? All right. Jeez. Maybe, maybe we'll get you back on, you know. The guy back. finally found something he's good at, okay? Let me just say that. <laughs> All right. So moving on to this week, week 14. The Jets are taking on the Broncos in Denver today. You guys talked about that earlier. The Jets, mm-hmm. are, the Jets are actually favored in this game. And QB Josh McCown has eclipsed over 300 passing yards in the last two weeks. So I just want to know. Going against that non-existent Broncos defense, over or under three hundred and a half passing yards for McCown. Andy, oh, thank you. I say over, over oh. three hundred. Yes, over. Yes. No way, man. No, it, Broncos are still fourth in the league against the pass, and you get a keep to lead back. Robbie, so Robbie Anderson. I'm with you, Andy. Yeah. Robbie Anderson. Thank you. Really? You go, wow, <laughs> yeah. Look at you siding with. Can, can we? Re- he feels sorry did you for forget me. Forget about the recap. I don't want pity. I don't want pity, Bobby. I don't need pity. I need. Uh, I need balance on this show. <laughs> All right. So the Eagles and Rams face off later today. All right. The battle between you know leader of the NFC West and the NFC East. Both teams are tied for points per game this season, averaging thirty point one points per game. Everyone seems to be talking about the offenses, but both teams have formidable defenses, so I want to know over or under four and a half turnovers in total for this game. Ooh. Wow, interesting line yeah. by you. Yeah, it really is. Bobby D. Trying to trying four to... and a half. That's a lot, man. That's know, a lot of turnovers. Is. I go under on that. I, I don't do see too. that many interceptions yeah, or turn- fumbles. That's a yeah. lot of turnovers. Four and that's I go under. All right, all right. It's almost an easy one, I would think. All right, so last question here. Eli Manning. 
His revenge game. He's coming back. He's starting again for the Giants. <laughs> I guess he needs two hundred nine more consecutive starts. <laughs> yes, he does. And so he still has no wide receivers. Only Sterling Shepard. Um, Cowboys defense. They had four turnovers last week against the Redskins. So all I want to know is: Does Eli have more passing touchdowns, or does the Cowboys defense have more turnovers today? So you're looking at passing touchdowns versus takeaways? Yes, with the much. Giants. Okay, go ahead. Oh, gosh, um, the only thing I don't like about this, let the record show, Andy Furman, is it could be a push. Yes, it so can. I don't like that. This uh, greatens the chances that I do not replicate as three and zero. No, you know. So I don't like. I see what Bobby D is doing. He's trying to prevent this express train. He's trying to slow me down here. Can't let you get I, too cocky, Brian. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Cowboys takeaways. Ooh. I think they produce a, a few of them. Really? Today. I'm going with Eli's passing touchdowns. Yeah. The revenge really game. Am. He's going to get it all in. Yeah. All right. Uh, I hope so. Well, there you go. You know what? The one thing I learned today that I have a friend in Bobby D. That's all I know. <laughs> if I learn one thing this entire show, I got a friend. I, I got a a guy who's going to walk hand in hand with me in a foxhole. He'll be the with one me. and only Robert Donzani. Hello, Robbie. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> all, right. all right, here we go. Hey, by the way, we promise he won't be named Father of the Year. And Brian Owen, Andy Furman, tell you why on Fox Football Sunday next. Who needs college? We'll explain that in just about a minute. Now it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. And welcome, everybody, to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. This is the hour of power, a.k.a. the power hour. And he's got all the power in the world right between his ears. He's the brain of the outfit. His name is Brian No. Hello, B. What's going on, Andy Furman? You ready for week 14, man? Huh? We got some. We've been talking about a couple of the tasty matchups, but I feel this hour we're going to hit on a handful of them. You know why, don't you? Because we got nose picks. And I, I hope you're not upset with that. But really, and I, people are just listening to the for, for the first time. His name is Brian No, and he picks the games in football. So it's not picking your nose because that's disgusting. Yeah. But it's nose right. picks. It's they belong to you. It's N O E apostrophe S picks P I X or P I C K S. Pick your pick. So you'll have now, did those. You, for us. Did you keep a, a track of my picks last week, Andy? Well, I did, but since you were undefeated on bottom barrel betting, I'm not going to go there either because you did pretty good on those too. You threw those out because yeah, I, I did. did well. I did. I don't remember this is exactly not a show what they to build were. Up, this is not a show to build up your ego. This is a show to entertain and inform the public. All right, let's get that. Hey, straight. man, I'm just I'm trying to promote the segment. It's not about me, Andy. It's oh, like really? right. if you're like, hey, you want to stay tuned? Well, you would want to stay tuned if the picks are right, right? Yeah, I guess so, you're right. It's yeah, a good so way to promote tuned. the segment is to yeah. say that they were right last week. Well, if you like to put a little shekel here and there in a game, this guy's got it all. T- he got it together. All right, let me just say that Brian knows got it together. Stick for nose picks. We'll have that uh, at the last segment about fifteen before the top of the hour, and prior to that, we'll have Alex Marvez, the Sheik. He's the Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, so we'll get that as well. Now, I said, you know, talk about college. Who needs college? Speaking of college, let's talk about Baker Mayfield winning the Heisman, which I don't think was much of a surprise. Guy threw for 41 touchdowns on over 4,300 yards. What kind of pro if, in fact, he is drafted high? I read some reports that he may not be a first-round pick in the pros. Late first round, early second round, maybe. Yeah, that's still a high pick. I, 
I look at it, I think Baker Mayfield's going to be average in the NFL, Andy. I don't see him really excelling, truly excelling as a passer in the next level because there's just the windows, man. You think about the Big 12, if you're watching highlights, and you'll see some of it this morning if you're watching SportsCenter or something like Mm -hmm. that, some of the highlights in the Big 12 where it's not like all of his numbers are fake numbers. I'm just talking about the difference in the window to throw the football in the Big 12 compared to the NFL. Those no windows defense are in the big... so much smaller, man. You know, right. There's no defense in the Big 12. Yeah. Um, so I, it's just he's going to have to be so much more pinpoint with his accuracy and being an undersized guy – I just don't see him being a dynamic playmaker like a Russell Wilson or a great passer like Drew Brees. And those are really two of the only undersized guys in the NFL that truly exceed. So I don't see him being that kind of guy. I see him able to move around, extend some plays, make some things happen, running the football and and able to throw on the run. But I just don't think that he's going to truly excel. I don't see. I'll be surprised if he is better than average. I think average. No, is I'm with ceiling. you. I, I tell you something else, which really kind of bugged me. It really bugged me last night because I watched the Heisman. I'm a I'm a big traditionalist. I love that when they call the former Heisman winners up to the stage, and you know he, they congratulate the new guy who's into the so-called club, and they talk about what the Heisman Trust means as far as being a great athlete, a great student athlete, a great person to carry the tradition. And then Baker Mayfield, who really and truly won me over last night with his speech, because he was a tearjerker, really was, said, I need to grow up, I'm only 22. He must have been coached by that. I really believe he was. But he had his antics against Ohio State by putting that victory flag in midfield after they won in Columbus last year. He mocked players for a on Baylor because they were winless before the game. He had vulgar, taunting gestures from the sideline against Kansas (laughs) this year. So, I mean, all those factors really, to me, meant nothing in the voting for the Heisman Trophy. He still won it. Now, in my mind, and and I never mentioned this to you before, but I have a vote for the Heisman. I vote for the Heisman Trophy, okay? Get out of here. I didn't know that, Andy. Yeah, I do. I do because I I do some writing for a newspaper in Brooklyn, and just I guess – they like me. I don't know why. But uh, the three, <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Right. Cool. The th- three people I voted for, I, I won't say in what order, I voted for Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Bryce Love. So they were there, one, two, three. Why not? not why won't you say the order, huh? They what's, don't want you the to. Reason I, behind I, that? Because, because I know a writer in Cincinnati who went public with that and they took his voting privileges away. Oh, they, they, really? Well, yeah, I don't they, want yeah, you to have your yeah, privileges. That, that's why they, yeah, you, they really don't want you to say who you voted for or what you're going to do. They so tell I, you that, though? They're like, yeah, they do, hey, don't yeah. reveal everything. Yeah, because. They send you an email and you have to sign that you will agree to do this. And I do. I agree to do that. But Lamar Jackson, to me, who won the Heisman as a junior... He passed for 3,400 yards and 25 touchdowns in 2017. He had more. He had better stats this year than he did a year ago. As a matter of fact, this year, Lamar Jackson passed or ran for 42 of the Louisville Cardinals' 59 touchdowns, which I think is remarkable on a team that really and truly, they were 9-3 and three last year, 8-4 and four this year with losses to really worse teams this year. I think really and truly, he did not get the love or respect that he should have gotten, although he was there. Well, you know, but still, there's a couple of things. There's one argument I would make building off of yours, which is uh, it was what we said about Russell Westbrook. It's unfortunate that, you know, when you looked at the NBA MVP odds before the season, that Russell Westbrook was one of the favorites. 
And you and I agreed, Andy, he had no chance to win the MVP this year because he's not only competing against every other player, he's also competing against his previous season. Right. And there's a tendency to be like, well, we've kind of been there, done that, so ho-hum. He has another good season, but it's not as good. I think there was some of that with Lamar Jackson, so that goes into what you're saying. But the counter of that is he wasn't going up against a player like Baker Mayfield last year who put up the same amount of stats, who led a team to the playoff that was a 12-1 conference winner. He, he didn't have that last season. So that goes into it. It's not just because we've been there, done that, and he wasn't like this new guy on the scene like last year. It's that the competition was better this year because Baker Mayfield put up enormous numbers for a team that lost one game and might end up winning the whole thing when it's all said and done. Yeah, and basically we could summarize what you just said. is that Lamar Jackson didn't win it because it was more of a triumph of success for Baker Mayfield as much as statistical triumph. That's basically what it was because Baker's team did a lot better as a whole than Lamar Jackson's team. Well, yeah, it absolutely goes into it. You typically see that where Baker Mayfield was more productive than Lamar Jackson was on a much better team. So you're not going to have the guy with lesser individual production on the lesser team in terms of record win an award like the Heisman. It's just not going to happen. So it's not just that Lamar was competing against Lamar. It's that Lamar was going up against Baker Mayfield, who had better individual numbers on the much better team. Right, and talk about Bryce Love. He came out of nowhere because the kid from Penn State, he had the Heisman yeah. won in July and August. And next oh, thing you know, man. he's not even in New York. He didn't even show right. up well, last into night. the season too, man. When we're yeah. talking about September, October, we're just like, ah, oh, Saquon Barkley, why are we even going to have a Heisman discussion right now? Right. Just give it to him now. And he was in fourth place. He was nowhere even close. He wasn't sniffing Baker Mayfield when it was all said He was done. in University Park last night when everybody else was in New York City. He wasn't even there, right? Yeah, right. right. He wasn't even at the ceremony, and we had him winning it at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, that changed completely. There's one thing I I would love. I mean, you talk about, like, a dream list, okay? I'd love to go to the Heisman Presentation Awards. I'm going to try to make that next year. Yeah. And it's funny, when they were panning the uh, the audience and they talked to uh, Baker Mayfield and you saw his coach right there, guess who was sitting right behind them? Barry Switzer. So what the hell was he doing there, right? Barry Switzer uh-huh. was there last night. There's a lot of dignitaries there. Ernie Els was there last night, of all people, right? <laughs> it was crazy. I, I love watching that show. It's, it's really, I don't mean, know, it's, it's really good. It really puts college athletics, it, it kind of ties the ribbon together, the bow. Uh, it kind of makes it better than we make it out to be. You know, at the end of the day. But then again, you have the other side of the coin with the LeVar Ball thing back in the news. I said, who needs college? Well, he, he's, I mean, that to me was ugly. That was stupid this yeah. week. Well, I'll Wasn't just it? say that with the Heisman thing, when you saw Barry Switzer, you saw Bob Stoops was there. And right. of course, the new coach, Lincoln Riley. And it was just cool. It was cool to see all those guys there because it makes the university look really good to sure be does. still that tight knit. Where Bob Stoops, this is the first year of retirement, and he was still there and cheering on Baker Mayfield. That was just neat to see, and I think that that really makes the university seem strong. We know it is, but the way they looked, being unified like that, it was a really neat scene, and I thought they did a very good job 
Because, look, they understand that they're in the business of being seen. Like John Calipari, every time a Kentucky kid gets drafted, he's right there and shaking his hand and smiling for the camera. They know that the recruiting battle never stops. So that was very, very smart, maximizing that opportunity, having some past great coaches there, along with the young gun, which is Lincoln Riley, the current head coach. Smart move by the Oklahoma former brass. Yeah, And you hit it right on the head. That's wonderful what you just said. But I go one step further. I want to peel back the onion a little bit. And you would know the answer to this question. I always wanted to know, when I saw Switzer there, does he go on his own dime? Does the university pay or does the Heisman Mm -hmm. Trust fly him in? I want to know who pays because there's some money involved here. You know, I'm always looking at the money angle. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I don't know if he pays his own way. I don't know who rolls out the red carpet. I would (laughs) think they would roll it out for him because I would think the trust pays. Yeah, that's to the uh, well, and the university as well. That's the to the university's benefit to have someone who's very well known and has a a great resume in terms of college. But you know, it's funny that you want to go there to the Heisman ceremony. What else? Re- what would be uh, on your short? I think bucket list is such a dorky thing to I say. I know that's but- why I didn't say it. Right. What else is on your list well, you that know what? you would like to, to get I, done as before As a kid, you? as a child, as a young tyke, I'd always uh-huh. pick up games and stadiums <laughs> to go to. I'm, I'm kind of past that because I really, I hate crowds and I hate people. Really, I'll tell you right now. Listen to you. I hate crowds and I hate people. I'd rather stay <laughs> so, home in, in my own little room and watch TV. Really. So I'll that's why the it's the Heisman. TV. It's not just the event itself. It's that yeah, there are fewer I, I don't people than a game. Yeah, I don't think there's any event right now that I'd want to go to. Really? Unless there was no one there but myself. If I could watch I don't in the glass, that at all. In the glass, I, you don't booth. even believe that. You tell me you don't everybody. want to see the the Eagles and Rams today. I watch you on TV. Be dead at the Seahawks Jags game. No, nothing. Okay, I would go if yeah. I could go in style in a private box. Keep warm, and you know if it's cold outside, Listen snowing outside. Listen. Private box, open bar, sandwiches. You know, a couple of corned beef sandwiches on rye. You know, that's fine. That's what I'd like. You go to the MLS games, as we found out earlier. Summertime. Come on. Go in shorts. It's beautiful. I went to the Reds game with you. It was great. You're a man no of the people, Andy. Yeah, we went to the game. But I was someone like, was there. You want to see the cards? You're like, yeah, sure. You're not, you know you're what? not Mr. I, Curmudge and I hate people. Like, no. come on. We know you I went to that, that game. I went to the game. people. When I went to the game, because I knew no one would be there. The Reds are 35 ah. games out of first place. At the guy. Come on. You and I, we had the whole section to ourselves, didn't we? I couldn't believe there were that few people there, man. It blew my mind. I, it was like a Jacksonville Jaguars game from three years ago. <laughs> it's it's exactly crazy. Right? I know. Brian, no Andy Furman. Get to us on Twitter at the No Show, NOE Show, at Andy Furman FSR, or 877 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Well, live from the Geico Fox. Sports Radio Studios, this team gets a second shot to wrap up their division. That's next. They're no joke, and that's coming right up. About 20 past the hour, we call this Fox Football Sunday. Brian No, Andy Furman together, obviously live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Bottom of the hour, about 10 minutes from now, make it 8.30 Eastern. That'll be Alex Marvez, the chic Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider. He'll join you at that time, but right now... One of the best games of the day. 425 Eastern time on Fox. Eagles, Rams. Eagles 10 and 2. Rams 9 and 3. And I guess you could say, B, this is the quarterback preview of the future of the NFL. 
Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. This is the future of the NFL, and they need to have a future with quarterbacking right now because that's the name of the game. Right. Well, you know, number one and two from last year. And, uh, man, if Jared Goff can continue his season into the future, let's say the next 10 years resemble more this year than last year, think how the NFL is winning. Mm-hmm. Because this could be one of the, the great new rivalries. you got to wonder what the next great one is when we had the the Manning-Brady thing. Um, because you think a little bit later tonight, you'll have uh, Joe Flacco and Big Ben. They've met, seven, this will be the 17th matchup, the 17th meeting. And mm-hmm. that hasn't been this huge Goliath matchup because... It's more team oriented, you know. There's sometimes right. low scoring games, but you got to wonder: like, is it going to be Carson Wentz versus Dak Prescott? Could that be the closest thing to Brady Manning, or is it going to be what you just mentioned? Is it going to be a, a Carson Wentz, Jared Goff? I don't know. I don't know. But it seems like Carson Wentz is going to be involved in whatever the matchup turns out to be. No doubt about that. Last week, Carson Wentz and the Eagles lost at Seattle, twenty four ten, and that loss they failed to lock up the NFC East. So there's a little bit of pressure on them right now. The Rams won their second street. They beat the Cards 32-16. Bad news for the Eagles. They're going to be without their big tight end, Zach Ertz, today. And as far as the Rams are concerned, this is amazing. I didn't know this. Their first winning season in 14 years. First winning season in 14 years. That's tremendous. It really is. (laughs) It is, man. you got to go all the way back to 2003 for the Rams to have a winning season. Isn't that amazing? I can't believe they've been that bad for that long. I know, I know. But I, Andy, sneak peek of nose picks at the end of the show. I love the Eagles today. Really? Gosh, are you kidding? I love the Eagles today. Where there's a few things where you think about last week, Kerwin Williams. He's the backup running back for the Arizona Cardinals with Uh Adrian Peterson being out. Kerwin Williams rushed for 97 yards against the Rams with cracked ribs. You know, what do you think Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt are going to do against the Rams defense that ranks 27th against the rush? Philly is number two in rushing offense. Okay, I think they are absolutely going to pound the rock. And when they're not pounding the rock, that's just going to open up the passing game for Carson Wentz. Yeah. No, well, you know what? Uh, I looked at what you sent me this morning. Rams are favored by one, by yeah. one in this game. It's fluctuated a little bit. It's a pick 'em right now, so it's gone back the other way. The money has gone greatly on Philly throughout the entire week. The Rams opened up right around a two and a half point favorite, and it swung all the way to the Eagles being favored by a point. Now it's back to a pick 'em. But you think about that Philly defense too. They're number one against the rush. So if they're able to slow down Todd Gurley, which they should be able to, and make the Rams one-dimensional, I think the Rams are going to have to generate a couple of turnovers to have a chance in this game. I think the Eagles, they, they come back with a vengeance. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when Cooper Cup, the wide receiver for the Rams, fumbled near the goal line against the Vikings? You remember that, Andy? Yes, yes. He, he was going yes. in and he, he fumbled. And the Rams' offense was just terrible. They lost 24-7 to in that game. And the next week, they came back and they beat the Saints. 
And I think that there a lot of people were down on the Rams with a, a bad offensive performance. But there was some fluky stuff in that game. That's how I look at the Eagles last week against the Seahawks, where Carson Wentz fumbled at the one-yard line. They didn't challenge the Russell Wilson, what turned out to be a forward pass. Some fluky stuff in that game. It was a primetime game on the road against Seattle. The home crowd is completely jacked. I think the Eagles come back. I think they're just a more complete and a better team than the Rams. But I'm looking at the run game of the Eagles right now. I look at LeGarrette Blount. Last week, he only had eight carries for 26 yards in the game against Seattle. However, I'll put an addendum to that. They did trail Seattle all game long, so that created a passing situation. So maybe that's not going to favor LeGarrette Blount. However, I question eight carries for 26 yards. He needs to come alive today. He really does if the Eagles really want to win this game. And you say they're going to win. I do. I think they're going to win. And you still have the Rams banged up with Robert Woods. Uh, it's just a lot of reasons to like him. Look, there are there's a couple of two very important weeks for the Rams. They've had a great season so far, Andy, being nine and three. But think about this: you face an Eagles team today, and then you're on the road at Seattle next week. I could easily see this Rams team going from nine and three to nine and five real yeah. fast. No, you're exactly right. And speaking of the Seahawks, they're playing the Jags today. This isn't a bad game either. This game is uh, both teams eight and four. Last week, Seahawks we mentioned beat those Eagles. That's two wins in a row for the Seahawks. They're coming on. And last week, the Jags beat Indianapolis. But everybody beats Indianapolis. Beat them thirty ten. The Seattle versus Philly game. I think the defense in that game with the forced turnovers. They did have a decent run game, Seattle, but they did force a lot of turnovers. To me, was tremendous because their defense really is banged up pretty good right now. I mean, their guys are on the bench. Yeah. You got to wonder what Russell Wilson's going to be able to to do today because you mentioned it the the bodies that they're missing defensively with Cam Chancellor Richard Sherman. Right. I mean, there's can Blake Bortles really exploit those uh, injuries? Eh, I don't know that he's going to be able to. Right? <laughs> because I would think that Seattle's going to be able to put some pressure on him and get in his face, knock him around pretty good. But is Russell Wilson against the best defense in football in Jacksonville? Is he going to be able to remain upright and also be very effective, which is what he's done all year? But that Seattle O-line against Jacksonville's defense, that is just a mismatch. And Russell Wilson, who's a legitimate MVP candidate, he has been remarkable this season, doing what he does with what's around him. He's going to have to work another miracle today against that top-flight defense. Yeah, I worry about Russell Wilson. I mean, really and truly, he could end up in a body bag at the end of the game today. I mean, that that uh, Jaguars defense and that rush is going to kill him. But right now, I mean, I'm looking at some publications earlier in the week, and they're picking the Seahawks to win, and I like Jacksonville. And I think Jacksonville right now is two-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, I'll take the points with Seattle just because Russell Wilson is so dynamic but um, and Blake Bortles, I just I don't know going up against a another stud defense in Seattle, even with the injuries, that's a, a tough defense. I I just don't think Blake. I don't trust him. I mean, he could prove us wrong and play well today, but I have to see it to buy in. You know, well, Andy? all he's got to do is not turn the ball over. I mean, I never would have believed that this team be eight and four with Blake Bortles and, of course, Leonard Fournette's gotten the job done as well. I, I thought he'd have a decent pro career, but those two guys are getting it done, plus a tremendous defense and a defensive rush for Jacksonville. 
Well, I, I disagree, Andy, because the last four games, Leonard Fournette is averaging 2.9 yards per carry. He's been hurting a he's, little bit, though. Yeah, he's got that ankle injury, yeah. so he's not the same guy as he was at the beginning of the season. So I don't think it's going to be enough for Blake Bortles to just not screw the game up. He's going to have to make some plays, and I don't feel great about that happening. Not to say it's impossible or he's completely incapable of doing it. I just don't feel great. I don't have that warm, fuzzy feeling about him doing it. But you look at Russell Wilson, what he's going up against. Jacksonville, number one in sacks, and they rank third in getting pressure on the opposing quarterback. So you know that Russell Wilson is going to get smacked around a little bit and he's going to be running for his life on almost every passing play. It's just, can he create enough offense going against an entire defense that they're tough at every spot. Calais Campbell's a stud. they got some good linebackers. And and the secondary with A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey, those corners, that's the best duo in terms of cornerbacks in the NFL. So I absolutely love this matchup. What's he got, 13 sacks on the season, I think, so far? He's been phenomenal. And he's a defensive tackle. You know, he's not even a rush end. He's a D tackle. He's doing like old school Warren Sapp type stuff. Amazing. So I'm I'm taking, look, I like Jacksonville. I I think they're just going to get it done. I really do. You're taking Seattle with the points, though, right? I'll take the points. I'll take the points with Seattle. Sounds wonderful. We'll see. Great matchup. Brian No, Andy Furman, Fox Football Sunday. Hey, there's a new sheriff in town, and the Sheik, Alex Marvez, tells you all about him. That's next. But first, let's go to our guy, Ralph Urban, for the latest. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And Baker Mayfield is your 83rd Heisman Trophy Award winner. He was the runaway winner in the voting. The first walk-on to win the award since 1950 and the first senior since 2006. Bryce Love from Stanford finished second. Louisville's Lamar Jackson third. On the field Saturday, Army a 14-13 winner over Navy. The Black Knights of the Hudson win that rivalry game for the second consecutive year. They also win the Commander-in-Chief's trophy for the first time since 1996. In the NBA, Russell Westbrook had a triple-double. He also hit the game-winning free throws as Oklahoma City won in Memphis 102-101. Cleveland a winner in Philadelphia 105-98. James Harden scored 48 points. Chris Paul had 26. Houston won their ninth straight, 124-117 at Portland. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. Newer used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And yes, we are just four and a half hours away from the start of our NFL Sunday. Week number 14, 14 games on the field today. And, of course, guys, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on in the world of football all week long leading up to these games. So I know that there's just lots to be asked. All right. Thank you so very much, Ralph. Have a wonderful day and enjoy the games. And we're so lucky to have you with us. Alex Marvez coming right up. Brian No, Andy Furman, Fox Football Sunday. Want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. In about 15 minutes from now, we'll have nose picks. Yes, with Brian No, and we'll get those done. But right now, time to go to our Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline. The one and only Sheik Alex Marvez with Brian Owen, Andy Furman. Hello, Sheik. How are you? Gentlemen, good morning. Hopefully you are both safe and sound as weird weather conditions affect the country. we got smoke on the West Coast. we got snow on the East Coast. we got cold in the South. Weird, weird times, gentlemen. 
I tell you what, if it's weird, we love it. That's for sure. By the way, there's a new sheriff with the New York Giants, Jerry Reese, out as general manager, Ben McAdoo, out as the coach. Got to ask you, though, Sheik, how much was the Eli Manning benching a factor in the dismissal of both? It was a factor just in terms of the acceleration of the process, right? And I mean, because things had gotten out of control. And, and John Mara, you know, totally mishandled the situation. And he's where the buck stops in the Giants organization as the co-owner. And you think about what he told Ben McAdoo. He basically told Ben he wanted to work these quarterbacks into the game. He wanted to know what they had in Geno Smith. He wanted to know what they had in Davis Webb. Instead, Ben McAdoo took that as we're going to treat the Oakland game as a preseason game. Eli Manning is going to play one half, and then he's going to, and then Eli. We're going to bench you and put in Geno Smith. And at that point, it, it didn't make sense to anybody involved. That was an insult to Eli Manning, someone who actually may be back with the New York Giants in 2018. You can't dismiss that possibility entirely. Uh, you know, so the whole thing was just so botched that he decided to go in a different direction. And, and I can't blame John Mara one bit for that. In fact, if you look at today, what the, what how different it's going to be for the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Guys, you know, had, had Ben McAdoo stayed, had Geno Smith or even Davis Webb started against the Cowboys, you're talking about you know a half-filled stadium. You're talking about those people that are there. If they're not Cowboys fans, they're going to be angry Giants fans. You're talking about the you know as Jay Glazer on Fox reported, potentially veteran Giants players, alumni wearing Eli Manning jerseys to the game. It would have been a complete disaster. Now it's a disaster for the Cowboys. They got to face Eli Manning. They got to face a reinvigorated Giants crowd and probably a reinvigorated Giants team. Alex, you're going to be at the uh, Jacksonville game today hosting the Seahawks. So are you going to jump into the pool? And on a serious note, (laughs) if Russell Wilson has a stud performance against what might be the best defense in football, do you think that could vault him into the lead position for the MVP? It's going to help him a lot. Listen, and Tom Brady, too, as each week goes by, we can't ignore what he's doing, right? And, and of course, you know, listen, it's like why Bill Belichick doesn't get the Coach of the Year award. Because it's like, eh, we'll give it to someone else, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we don't even talk about it. We talk about Sean McVay. You know, that's what that award has become. It's like the Heisman Trophy in a lot of ways, right? It's like, okay, who's the best quarterback? That type of thing. Or the MVP award. We've had, what, one running back win it. It's all been quarterbacks, you know, for more than a decade now. So as the game has changed, so has the awards thing. But I think Russell Wilson has to be in that conversation because he is doing so much more with less. As you know, he's running for his life on every play, doesn't have the support of a running game, yet the Seahawks continue to thrive. The, the whole thing is this, though, too. It is a bit of a team award. So if the Seahawks are in as a sixth seed, do you give the MVP to a guy whose team is finishing there? Or if Philadelphia can't manage to get the number one or number two seed, do you give it to Carson Wentz, despite the head-to-head disappointment that he had going against the Seattle Seahawks last week? So, I mean, it's, it's still a wide-open race to me in some ways, but I think right now we're looking at the top. It's going to be Brady, it's going to be Wilson, and it's going to be Wentz. And those, it's coming down between those three guys. Now, Alex Marvez, I'm not ashamed to say this because I did say it earlier today, so I'm going to go to you. And if you want to shoot me down, go right ahead. I want to know why Case Keenum's name's not mentioned in the conversation for MVP. Uh, probably because no one really respects Case Keenum. And that's something that we all need to. We all need to maybe. Start but look what he's done. Process. Look what I he's done. That. I know. I, trust me. You're, listen. I think Everson Griffin though has a better shot at getting this than it would be because Case Keenum isn't making spectacular wow. plays on a continual basis. I'm talking about defensive player of the year. Sorry, I'm, that's what I meant. I think when you're okay. talking about team awards, I think that's where Everson Griffin is going. I think when it comes to Case Keenum, you know, it, it's really still considered a bit of a game manager, a little bit of an upgrade there. But I'm not going to diminish what it is that Case. 
Case Keenum is doing. And in fact, the Vikings can do something today that only one other team out of 11 have accompl- has accomplished since 2014. That's going on a three-game road trip and winning all three games. The last team to do it was the 2014 Cincinnati Bengals. It is awfully tough to get it done. It's going to be especially tough in Carolina with Greg Olson, Ryan Khalil, Devin Funches all playing today. But hey, I give I give the Vikings a lot of credit for doing more with a guy who, listen, did nothing, did nothing in the past to show what he could do this season. And by the way, I wrote about it at SportingNews.com this week. Pat Shermer, offensive coordinator, keep an eye on him as a strong head coaching candidate elsewhere in 2018. Alex Marvez, I love the Eagles today, my man. I'm <laughs> curious. I think they're just a more complete football team than the Rams. Do you see it unfolding the same way today? Uh, you know, this this game I've had a real hard time getting a feel of, but I will tell you this. I think that, that this was a good situation for the Eagles last week getting knocked back down to earth uh, because, you know, you, you started to see a team that might have started to get a little bit fat and happy. You know what I mean? And end zone celebrations against the Bears. And listen, I mean, they destroyed Chicago, but that, you know, when you look at it, that's not all that hard a task. I mean, this is a terrible Bears team. So I think that they could very well rebound and beat the Rams. And listen, the Rams are without Robert Woods today. That hurts them. There's been distractions all week as far as the fire situation. I mean, I'm talking to Sammy Watkins on Wednesday night, and he's telling me he may have to evacuate his house. He doesn't even know. He's waiting to find out. I mean, those are the types of things that can wear on players and really, you know, become, you know, obviously it's a life thing. I'm not trying to diminish that, but. It also can get into your head a little bit, and the Rams not practicing on Wednesday as well. You know, instead they took mental reps to put them ahead in their game planning, but from a physical standpoint, they weren't out there getting ready for the Eagles. So I don't feel as strongly about it as you, but I would expect Philadelphia to win this game. Now, Alex, how shocked were you with the, new, uh, the news that the Browns management is going to retain you Jackson for next year? Stunned, but that they're the Browns. Actually, let me, let me rephrase this. If it was any other team but the Browns, I'd be surprised. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. you know, what, is, what has Hugh Jackson done to show that he deserves to come back? He may have won one game in two years. And we're going to say all of the problems that Cleveland is having is on Sashi Brown. The other thing is, too, this and, and listen, I'm not totally, since the Browns have been lying the entire time about all of this stuff, you know, when it comes to, oh, we're not looking for another football executive and, and dismissing reports. And you hear the stuff that Hugh Jackson says, oh, things were fine with Sashi Brown. And the report comes out they hadn't talked in a month. I, I mean, all these people are just so full of it that I don't believe a single word they say. Excuse so it me, could, could, have me. Been, could have been a block not to let you, Jackson, go to Cincinnati if Marvin Lewis gets fired. Would you want him to go to Cincinnati? Of course no. you'd want him to go to Cincinnati. He's probably no. going to lose there, too. Right. I, mean, I, I, think that's like, I think you're like helping yourself, maybe, if you want him to go to Cincinnati. Who's to say that Hugh Jackson can win games? Wait, well, let me, Andy, let me ask you this. The, the great quarterback development going on in Cleveland, where is it? He had a chance to work with Cody Kessler. He's had a chance to work with Deshaun Kaiser. I guess they brought in Kevin Hogan, Brock Osweiler. Where, where's the great quarterback play? Where, Hugh Jackson, he's, he's, he's a guru, right? Where is it? I'm with you. I'm with you. Trust me, I think it's, it's just unbelievable to me you'd bring in someone like that. And listen, what it does here is it forces a general manager who may have his own vision for the way a team is to have to work with a coach who has his own vision of what a team should be. So, I mean, to me, that's a recipe for failure. How many times do we see it where a, new, a general manager comes in, inherits a coach, and that team goes ahead and wins? Take a look at Exhibit A, the Indianapolis Colts. That's working out pretty well for Chris Ballard, right? Guy wasted a year of his life with Chuck Pagano as his head coach. Same thing's going to happen to John Dorsey. I think he's going to waste a year of his life with Hugh Jackson. Interesting. Alex, how do you see this Raiders-Chiefs game going down? And also, what do you think about the Chiefs suspending their own guy, Marcus Peters, who they desperately need for this game? 
Well, you know, and, and Mike Garofolo of NFL Network advanced the story a little bit. It wasn't just the fact that Marcus lost his mind throwing the flag into the crowd and then thinking he was ejected. Goes to the locker room, comes back out, not in his pads, not wearing socks. He wouldn't have been allowed in the game had the game gone to overtime. So think about him hurting his team in multiple ways last week against the New York why Jets. Would, by the uh, way, Alex, why wouldn't he have been allowed to play? Because he you, went to the locker room or because no, he, no, no, the, the equipment violation. wasn't right? No socks. Uniform, yeah, uniform. Right. Gotcha. Right, yeah, they wouldn't have let him out on the field. I mean, you know, maybe they could have used a medical tent as an impromptu dressing room, but the point is he would have been scrambling to get back out there. Plus, you've got to realize, too, this guy has cooled down. I mean, he mentally, how much are you in it at that point when you've left the field the way that he did, right? And, you know, so you think about it like that, but when getting into a fight with an assistant coach on the bus ride to the airport after that, he put the Chiefs in a position where they had to suspend him. Now, Amari Cooper, you know, a lot of reports coming out now, he may be able to go against the Raiders or some thought they're going to shut, I mean, against the Chiefs or some thought that they're going to shut him down and wait an extra week until he's 100% healthy because obviously Oakland has a very difficult stretch of games coming up against the Dallas Cowboys and against the Philadelphia Eagles before they play the Chargers in Week 17. But this Kansas City team's in free fall, and I'm just you know, the question is, can Oakland take advantage of some of these things in the passing game that are available without Amari Cooper? Because the Chiefs can't cover anybody. And can Kansas City's offense, you know, listen, it's not like the Raiders, they have one interception this season. Can they spring Tyreek Hill and get those big plays like they got against the Jets last week? It's really sort of a, you know, look, this is not a very good division. And, and it's stunning because coming into the year, we'd, some of us thought, including me, that this was the power division in football, that we'd have Oakland, Kansas City, maybe Denver with 10 wins. Now it looks like the Chargers are the team probably to beat in the AFC West. Alex Marvez, do you think our vast audience realizes how much information you have given them in the last eight minutes? Do you think they realize or appreciate that? Do you I think? hope so. I, I, as long as you guys do. You know, I mean, you're the, you're the immediate family, and it all trickles down. Our listeners are fantastic at Fox Sports Radio. I'm honored to be a part of our team. So I would hope. I want a selfie from the pool today in Jacksonville, Alex. I think the thing's frozen over. It's like about 35 <laughs> degrees there right now. I mean, I, you know Get what I mean? Get out of here, it's really? A, is it that? What's going on over there in Jacksonville? Oh, no, it's, it's cold, brother. It's cold. It's 33 out here in Gainesville, right outside oh, my door. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah, 50, it's going to be 55 as a high today, so very comfortable. Seahawks How about a weather. selfie ice skating on top of the frozen water? <laughs> you know, Well, you know what I can guarantee, though? At some point, I'm getting one of those fried bologna sandwiches that they're offering right now. So, you know, that's the <laughs> whole thing that's going on this week. It's been bologna down in Jacksonville. Doug Marone's love of bologna comes out. The Meat Council sends 350 pounds of bologna to the Jacksonville Jaguars as a gift. Doug keeps one log, one pound from Boar's Head, 349 other pounds delivered to uh, food banks in the Jacksonville area. But they are offering Jag- they are offering for $6 today fried bologna sandwiches, and I'm hoping to snag one at some point. Sounds wonderful. I tell you nice. what, enjoy the day, enjoy the game. Happy Hanukkah to you and yours, and we love you, Alex. See you next Sunday. Mazel, mazel. We'll be doing it from Pittsburgh next week for the Pats game. Thank you. Sounds great. Alex Marvez, Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider, and he's with the Sporting News. Brian No, Andy Furman, we are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. And guess what? It's time for your nose picks next. Nose picks coming right up about 11 minutes before the top of the hour. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman, and we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. By the way, top of the hour today, as always, the best fantasy show on the face of God's green earth. Dan Byer, Michael Holman will join you on many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates, iHeartRadio app, or SiriusXM 83. Michael Harmon, Dan Byer, don't go anywhere. Top of the hour, that'll be 9 o'clock Eastern. But now, to my guy. Brian No with the nose picks. And can we start off? I mean, I hate to pressure you and kind of steer you in a direction, but I want to get a, a little feel on the Ravens Steelers tonight. 
Can you mm. fill me in with your nose picks? Um. Yeah. So a little little preview and a little pick, a little yes, combined yes, thing yes, going on here. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, you think about this game where no Ryan Shazier uh, with the scary injury there. Um, against the Bengals. So how will this defense come out? Will they be inspired? Will they you know, want to fight for their guy? That sort of thing. I like the Steelers to cover. I like the Steelers, obviously, to win. But Jimmy Smith is out. Torn Achilles. That hurts the, the Ravens' secondary. They've been really good against the pass. But you think earlier this year, they were just riding Le'Veon Bell. 144 yards rushing on 35 carries. So I think that the, the Steelers, with that offense, primetime game, I just don't think that the Ravens have enough offensive firepower. I'll take the Steelers to cover that spread. Okay, now let's go to nose picks. I'm going to ask Bobby Donsmani, our executive producer, would it be too much of a problem for you to kind of keep some sort of a running tab on the nose picks? Oh, boy. Yeah. Can we do that? I think we can. All right. He'll He'll do it. Bobby will do that. All right, go ahead. I'm going to write him down myself. He's rolling his eyes like, oh, gosh, Andy's taskmaster over here. I got to keep track of stuff. I'm doing it. All right, All right, thank you. Yeah, don't worry, right. don't worry. Okay, reluctantly, pick, reluctantly, I'm doing it. Nose pick. Maybe we get like an open. We could create an open for this yeah. segment. Nose picks. Whoa, 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 Andy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, let's I'm get crazy. Let's All get right. some All production, right. Robert. You talk to our guy, huh? Vito, Come Vito, on, Vito. I got you. All right, I got you. Vito's the best in the business. Are you kidding? We'll have something with something with sticking your finger up your nose and nose picks. Andy, All there's. Right. I got to be honest with you. There aren't a ton of picks that I love this week. There are a couple that I like. There's one pick that I love, and I do mean love. It is the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. They're just a better, more complete team than the Rams. People are down on them because they saw them not play well against the Seahawks' nationally televised game. But they're just better, man. They're number one rush They've got the number one rush defense, the number two rushing offense. When you can control the line of scrimmage, I love your chances against the Rams team that just isn't as complete. Missing Robert Woods. Give me the Eagles all day long today. It's in a pick'em. Okay, I think it's a gift. It's a it's a pre-holiday gift. Take Thank the you. Eagles. Can I can I throw one at you? Maybe you can help me out with this one because this is maybe yeah. the best game of the day. Vikings Panthers. I I would go with reluctantly. I would go. I hate taking the small favorite on the road. But I would go with the Vikings to cover, man. I just I believe in their defense, and they've sacked Cam Newton. They've given him all kinds of problems. Sacked him eight times last year as a career high. I like Latavius Murray running the rock. Case mm-hmm. Keenum has been very good this year. You're trumpeting him for the MVP. I think that goes too far. Yeah, but I think the he's on my second tier. Yeah, last time I trumpeted up. something, my team lost five out of six. Kansas City, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. But Shaq Thompson, the outside linebacker for the Panthers, can't go. Panthers are very bad at making interceptions. They're 29th in the league, only five picks this year. So I'll go with the Vikings if they don't turn the football over. I like them to cover today. That sounds great. And so that's it. Basically, those are the nose picks. You got them. Fine. Fly Eagles, fly! Big All on right. the Eagles. Bet the we'll mortgage. We'll check on you next week. Have a great day. Enjoy the game. Stay tuned on Fox Sports Radio.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.